Who are you? He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute. I know you. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. Feel these nipples. That boy is good. Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. All right. All right. All right, all right, all right. Welcome in, everybody. It's Tuesday, December 12th. This is the Mike Rutherford Show. We're coming to you from the world-famous University of Louisville College of Business Studios here in lovely Louisville, Kentucky. Cards fans, advance your career without interrupting it with UofL's 20-month professional MBA. It's the program that's designed for busy working professionals. Combine the experience of a top-rated program with the convenience of evening classes that accommodate your schedule. You can connect with industry experts, you can expand your professional network, and you can hone your business acumen. Get started today and earn your MBA. The first step is visiting business.louisville.edu. We're on the air today from 3.05 until 6 here on 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, streaming all over the Commonwealth of Kentucky and far, far beyond. You know us better as the Big X. Mike Rutherford and Trevor Kelsey back here with you on a Tuesday. It was an eventful Monday show reacting to the weekend that was. Now things will kind of We'll simmer down a little bit. we got basketball for both the men and the women tomorrow. Today, it's a little bit of an in-between day. Uh, I think still a little bit of ire out there after the men's basketball loss to Nepal and some disappointment that's bouncing around after, I think, still a little bit of football, but volleyball losing too, and just kind of people are down a little bit. One man who's never down for too long, Trevor Kelsey. How are you? Happy Tuesday to you. You going to give us another rant today? I didn't rant. It's not a rant. Sure. Don't let anybody tell you that I ranted yesterday. They're lying. They're jealous. They're cowards. Are you ranting about not ranting? I've never ranted. <laughs> it's been a long time since I've ranted. You're, was, ra- you're ranting about not ranting. Not I was ranting. a child <laughs> when I ranted. Don't <laughs> don't put in the paper that I ranted. I haven't, don't ran- say I haven't ranted since the, since the, the W administration. I wouldn't even know how to rant, to be quite frank. No no ranting whatsoever on the show. None took place yesterday. None will take place today. TK, how was the Monday night, though? We had some good call, uh, NFL Monday Night Football last night. Yeah, I, I, kind of surprising. I didn't, uh, I didn't expect the games to be good. And then I was more shocked at the way that kind of both games concluded. I mean... At one point, I think I turned it over to the Packer game because I saw it was a close score. I'm like, well, I'll watch this game, and which I'm still trying to figure out why there was two Monday Night Football games randomly in December. But they're, they're, they're getting wonky. Like the Lions play on Saturday night coming up. Like they're, they're doing well, all this, the wonky scheduling. Well, the Saturday now. start usually. I never knew this before. Did you know it's actually a law that says this, that stops the NFL from playing on Fridays and Saturdays until a certain date and time to avoid co- conflicts with college, with football? college football i mean yeah. no I, I just assumed it was kind of like a i didn't know it was a law it's actually a law this. written in, in the 60s from john by john f kennedy really because this saturday the lions are playing the broncos primetime saturday night yeah and it starts right no coincidence that college football has concluded 
I, um, I'm assuming the same thing is true for like college football because the one Monday night game they have for college football is the that that Labor Day that we played I'm on a couple sure. times. Like for example, if you're wondering why they they the Black Friday game this year was played at three o'clock, it's because in that in that law it says that you can't play on Friday after Thanksgiving until uh, after six. So the NFL was like, well, we'll just put really? the game at three. Interesting. No, yeah. I, didn't, I had no I, idea. I didn't know that until just recently as well. I, I just always assumed they just waited for college football, but. Legally, their hands are tied in that situation. Very and, um, interesting. Yeah, I don't know why they had two Monday night games last night either, but I I didn't hate it. I did not either. I was, as I said, I was I was watching the Packer game and you know watched them, uh, Mr. Tommy DeVito come back, uh, Danny's uh, nephew, and come back and, and get that win. And I'm like, okay, that was a good game. And I look at him, I'm like, it's 27. It was like 27-13 two seconds ago. I know. I know. Like, I don't even know how they came back. I didn't see. I just flipped it over right when Miami was getting their last second drive and they were down 28-27. Of course, it fell short, and I was like, "Well, I don't know how the game ended, but it was crazy." I mean, I, I went back and watched the highlights, but yeah, it was it was two unexpectedly two games that were very boring for three quarters of the games, and then they just kind of had your nice ending, you know, which always erases everything about it. When you talk about like great Super Bowls, you're like, "Oh man, remember the when the Patriots came back on the Falcons?" But let's not forget, for three quarters, that game was boring with the Falcons just blowing them out. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's yeah, it was one it was kind of instance where. You know, revisionist history is going to look back and go, oh, there were two great games. Two good finishes. I will say, and, and everybody we know tunes into sports radio because they want to hear about the host fantasy league, but I, I will say, thank God, <laughs> Danny, who's on his way out, podcast Trevor, who's being relegated, he knocked off the team that I'm competing with for the regular season champion, and if he hadn't, I would have. I ended up getting beat like in a shocker last night. It was like one of those where Yahoo had my percentage to win going into the night as like 95%. I had uh, A-Chain and, uh, and Tyreek Hill. Going up and had a lead over a guy who had DeAndre Hopkins, and Hill gets played, gets hurt. H.A. doesn't really do anything. Hopkins goes off in the second half, and his win actually got him into the playoffs. So I ended up still winning the league based on points, and I, I get the money for being regular season champ. But it was a it was a crazy moment. Like the, 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 the our playoff picture changed dramatically in the final quarter of that game, which was pretty wild. But now I'm at a point when you look at the NFL, like is is anybody good? We're at that point in the season where you go from, I think there's an established hierarchy of this team, this team, and this team, and then this team, this team, and now everybody's like, I don't know if anybody's good. I think that there's still a layer of teams above the rest, especially in NFC when you look at Philly and, and San Francisco, no disrespect to your, your – You're still line. feeling good about the Eagles. I am. Despite I mean, everything. I'm, I'm sorry we lost two really good two, two really good teams, both one on yeah, the road. Yeah, but you got hammered. I know. Well, it happens. I mean – Dallas got hammered by San Francisco five weeks ago, and everybody you know, was pouring dirt on them. So it's the Niners and everybody else. Now it's well. I think we're right there with San Francisco still. Who should we be more? Who should be more worried? And granted, you had higher expectations coming in. Like you were kind of in like in a Super Bowl or bust with the Eagles. I very much am in a like. I think we should win a playoff game with this team or bust Lions mode. Who should be more worried about achieving that goal right now? You or me? Uh, me, because my expectations were higher than yours coming in. You're playing with house money in a way, aren't you? I'm worried that the lines are frauds. Like, like, I'm on full the, fraud the, alert. The problem with you is uh, I, I'm maybe you a little bit because they've been winning bad too recently. Also, like Thanksgiving they played poorly and lost. They 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 had to hold off the, the Saints with a crazy comeback. They should have lost that first game against the Bears. It took a wild comeback in two and a half minutes. Like they have not looked dominant in a long time. And the win, uh, you never want to take a, a, a window of, of a season of, of greatness for granted. I mean, because it can close that quickly. But with Philly, as a Philly fan, I, mean, I, I I feel confident that if it does close on us, this this team and this ownership and this management will reopen it, and we we can we can find a new way through that window. 
And the Lions fan, with as good a season as you're having, this is the first one you've had in like 30 years. Yeah. I mean, you, for, for all you know, it's going to be 30 more years after this. I mean, you cannot let – I mean, I mean don't, don't say that. I'm just saying – I mean, looking at it through a baseball perspective, like you're an Arizona Diamondbacks fan. You get that great season 01. It took you what now another twenty years to even be competitive. Yeah, again. but baseball is different. You, you can you can but sort I, of assemble a team for just one year. Football, I, I you that. should have guys. Like, just, we want to have more sustained success. The example I'm setting is those that you know you don't you know if you get that one year, don't let it slip between your fingers because you never know if it's going to come back again. Yeah, I mean, I, I hear that, but it, like this isn't a flash in the pan. This has been building. Like you had the, the year with Dan Campbell, the first year where you're, you knew you were going to be bad, but they got better at the end of the season. Last year, I mean, they're right there on the precipice of making the playoffs. This year, you expect to take that next step. They have. Like it, it, it's, it's. I'm sure the Jets thought that too when they went to back to back NFC title games back in. 2010. Yeah, but we've done. By it. the way, they haven't been in the playoffs since that last one in 2010. Well, yeah, but like the, the Jets, I think that their fall from grace is you could see it coming. Like, the Lions have been drafting well. They've been developing talent. Like, they should be good for at least – like, they should have a nice window. And I get that, you know, Jared Goff, maybe not the guy, and you've got to have a quarterback after him and all, all that stuff. But for right now, I would expect to be good this year. They have been good this year. They've played to expectations for sure, but they've just started to hit that decline. So it's it's tough to not look at this and be like, here we go again. Like, same old Lions. Like, making the playoffs would be cool. We haven't done it in a while. But we also haven't won a game in far, far longer – and it's like the even the way that they're winning for the last month has been very concerning. Like they just they have not looked like the team that was was looking like a top tier contender in the NFC for a lot of September and October. And I'm I'm worried. I'm worried. I want to see this team win a game in the playoffs. You just want to win. Well, yeah. I mean, it hasn't happened since 19 <laughs> what 91. 91. Yeah. One playoff win since 1957. Only professional sports franchise with a that's gone longer without advancing the playoffs. The Cincinnati Reds. <laughs> Can you be like not be a UL fan for, for, for a little while, maybe? I wish. Like, we, like, <laughs> this is not my choice. Just, like, send you over, like, yeah, under underrated uh, William Mason movie, The Cooler. Can you? Can we just send you over to be like a, Cal, a, a Kentucky fan for like a, a year? And you'd be the cooler, and you just you just take down, take them down. If it worked like that, I, I'd enjoy being on like a loner program. I, I'd, I'd be fine <laughs> with that. Look, I mean, the Lions are still having a good year. I mean, this is a fantastic year relative to everything that I've experienced in my life. The Reds are you know, not making the moves that I want them to make this offseason, but they're still on the the uptick overall. They've been a pleasant surprise. The abs are good. I've got that going for me, which is nice. Louisville football is definitely hitting its stride. Not everything, everything is terrible. Well, no, everything in Louisville is actually doing well, except for one sport, but that's okay. I mean, we, we, I'm sure... If if you don't know what sport that is, then I'm assuming this is the first time you've ever like listened to the show or women's soccer. You just woke up from a from a coma, but uh, yeah, it's you know, women's soccer. No, do we have? We're doing well, right? No, they're not. That, they had a bad year. Yeah, well, not not. There's been worse. There have been. Maybe that's what Ricky was thinking of. Maybe he meant women's soccer instead of women's volleyball. Maybe <laughs> he's got confused. He's like, wait a second. Whoops! Damn autocorrect. <laughs> it's biting me in the butt again. Uh, but other than that, uh, last night, yeah, watch those games. I actually did watch a movie for the first time last night that, you know, I wouldn't say maybe it's a surprise, but it's a popular movie. I've never seen this, and for some reason, you know me, when I'm putting through the channels and it's right, like, starting on the guide, I'm like, hey, I might watch this. Mm-hmm. So I actually sat and watched The Devil Wears Prada last night. I've seen it multiple times. It, multiple? Really? It's my, my first time watching it. It's a classic Mary movie. Like, like One of those were back in the day when we had more time and she was just like control the TV. I never got... Part, she had it on the background a lot. So two things bothered me. Like one, I mean, it's okay. I mean, I didn't think it was that great of a movie. It's fine. It's yeah, fine. I, I think I, I love Stanley Tushy and Meryl Streep. I think they're both, they both knocked their Same. parts out. 
And but more often than not, those two are awesome in every role they do. I'm Tucci Gang for sure. I am Amen as well. Um, but the thing that bothered me is I'm watching the movie. I'm like, I've had bosses worse than this woman. Like I don't see the big deal. Like why? I don't. Know, maybe it's because like she's defined as the the devil in Prada. Like it's the name of the damn movie. And I'm like, I don't know. I just I just heard like you know people talking about how like horrible this woman is. And I turn on like, okay, she's making her go get coffee. Like, I very I, much I was in a. I compare my my situation when I was a law clerk and courier to devil, it was a devil wears Prada situation when I was working for a very powerful lawyer in town who had very high expectations and I loved him like like he was yeah he was very scary he's like the scariest lawyer in Louisville and he would make me like I would have to walk all across the downtown in like two degree temperatures with like fifteen bags of Wendy's to give them their lunch and like stuff like that I had to wheel a TV all across downtown one time. And he was very, he was very angry. I got yelled at a lot. It, it didn't. Matter. It was very much like this similar situation. When people were like, "I can't relate to that movie at all," I'm like, "Oh, I feel I, lucky because I, I, I definitely can." I don't. Know. I just. I didn't. I didn't. I was just watching. Like, okay, I'm waiting for like to do something horrible. And I'm like, just. This ain't another movie's over. And I'm like, okay. I mean, she was. I guess she wasn't the nicest person, but I mean, she took her to Paris for God's sake. If anybody's a villain in this movie, it's Anne Hathaway. Like she's the bad guy. She cheats on the on, on the boyfriend. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was the one that they, bothered me. They kindly excuse that a lot too. And it's like, oh, at the end of the movie, it's like you know the dude from um from uh, well, the, Entourage. He's yeah. like, he's like, oh you. I'm like, no. Yeah. This poor Screw guy. Her. This poor guy's getting like rejected and ignored while his girl his girlfriend's like like changing her at who she is. And I everything. totally agree. And then yeah, then she just just bangs the guy from the Mentalist. Yeah. And, and he's I'm, like, you know, well. <laughs> That'll happen when you're finding yourself in the wild world of fashion, I yeah, guess. Like, what the? And then she goes back and like pretends to, he's like, you know, I'm going to Boston. You can come with me. She's like, okay. Like, yeah, ridiculous. The, dude, Adrian, dude, man, no. Like, I felt bad for him. And, and, and yeah, she, and she quits on her boss, like, in the middle of Paris, in the middle of the biggest week of the, their, their, yeah, I think if anybody's the villain, it's her. If you'd like more reviews from movies from 2006, <laughs> keep it locked right here. We'll be getting it. We'll be diving into Toy Story 2 coming up shortly. We'll also watch Drumline, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> but in between, I watched this really cool documentary on Rick James. And <laughs> most fascinating movie watcher in the world. So, three hours. You would think watching a two hour documentary on Rick James, I could walk away from this and come on here for 20 minutes being like, dude, I cannot believe he did this, he did that. And surprisingly, of all the stories told, and maybe it's because just because of Chappelle and over the last twenty years, mm-hmm. the, these stories aren't really secretive. There is a really good one about how he quits Motown, uh, but I hadn't heard. But the one that really stuck out to me the most is the entire two-hour documentary was that, according to Rick James, I don't know how I don't, there's other like backing to this, that before he got famous as an artist in the late seventies, he was kind of. He was bouncing around Southern California throughout the 60s and the hippie era and was very good friends with Jason Sebring and apparently was invited but too hungover to attend the party that the Manson family attacked. Well, hold on. Jason Sebring, who's that again? He's the hairstylist. From the whole... He, From, was, the, he, the, was, he was Sharon Tate's he, ex-boyfriend. Ex-boyfriend. Yes. Okay. And apparently he was very good friends with Rick James... And invited him to come over and hang out that night. And that is James, a good story. And James claims that he was just too hungover. He did too much coke and, and crack the night before. And was like, I just don't really feel like going out. And the next morning, he looked at the paper and saw that Sharon Tate had been murdered and, and, real, and real put two and two together. Do you think that's a real story? Or is that one of those how, like, 75 celebrities now are like, I was on one of the planes that was supposed to hit the towers. Like, like there are a million different people who have these stories. And 
half the time they wind up being like not well, sure. The one sticks out the most to me because he was supposedly supposed to be on the one that that hit the Pentagon or whatever. And he was, but he and also he overslept or something. He yeah. also exaggerated too because the, the flight logs show that they canceled his flight the night before, and he's like, "I overslept and missed the flight." And the reality is, he was never going to. take I the mean, flight. and it is hard to prove this. I don't. Once when I saw that, I did Google it, and it comes up like even on like it does. There's a section on like Rick James Wikipedia, I guess, that does state that him and Sebring had been were known friends and. Sebring supposedly was going to invest in his music. That's wild. Before he was, uh, before he was murdered, and I just, yeah, I, I was like, I mean, all the story. I mean, there's a story where he's supposedly doing lines on on the boss's desk and then pulling himself out in front of him, saying, "Sell my record." And that story still didn't baffle me as much as the, the Sebring one. Because I know Rick, James, I'm like, I've heard Rick James stories. Like that doesn't really surprise me. Yeah, like it's okay. That's he pulled his junk out in front of the Motown, you know, head head of Motown, and was like, "Sell my record," but. And one of the musicians was like, and that was the day that they started pushing Lionel Richie. <laughs> I was like, okay. It's nice to know you had an eventful night. So, yeah, that was that was the fun thing. And then that, by the time Drumline ended around 5 a.m., I fell asleep. Which, I don't know. Damn, I mean, good Lord. is Drumline that bad of a movie? Like, I don't, I, TJ despises it. I have an ex-girlfriend who loves it. And, I don't know, it's just it's a simple kind of teen comedy. I've never seen comedy. Drumline. You never seen Drumline? No. Really? I was right up your movie alley. It's like 2002. Yeah. You'd have been like 15 or 16, right? Yeah, but I still wasn't going to watch Drumline. <laughs> no. <laughs> have not seen Drumline. Because <laughs> then I started wondering, like, what, why did Nick Cannon become famous? Was it because of this movie? Uh, he got pretty famous because of that. You know, the, was, the music, the, the Wild and Out show on MTV. But that was like three or four years later. Was it? Yeah. He was in stuff for a and while. I forgot how, I mean, Zo- the Zoe girl from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, I forgot she was in it. And she's 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 twenty two and she's she almost looks the same. It's kind of crazy. Nick Cannon said that he spends two hundred thousand dollars a year on his kids going to Disneyland. Disney, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I saw an, I read I saw a video about that. I saw a weekend update on SNL. They were like, "That's how bad condoms feel." <laughs> well, supposedly he did like he used to work for he did like advertising for him, and then they let him go, and now he has to spend the money. He was like, "I need that job back." That sucks. <laughs> you know, you know, don't have twelve kids. I don't know what to tell you. I wouldn't know. It's a lot of kids. A lot of <laughs> so, kids. So what did you watch last night? Oh, we had a good time. We watched the, the NFL, enjoyed that. We're still plowing through Vanderpump Rules, trying to get up to date for before the new season starts, which is just... What, what, what is Vanderpump? It's that reality show that we're watching. That, that, uh, that well, yeah, trash reality show. It's it, it, very much a guilty pleasure. These people are ridiculous, but we enjoy watching it. But the funniest thing that happened last night, so you know, our kids are very much in the... Feeling better, I hope, from the strep throat? They are feeling better. Okay. Um, th- th- they're doing better. John is kind of getting in the holiday spirit. You know, last year when you're one, like you don't, they don't understand things. Like, like we, we got him to say ho ho when he saw Santa, and that was pretty much it. <clears throat> this year, like, well, Virginia's can, into it. Though. Hit the button real quick. Okay. Get that clear. Thank you. There right, you okay. go. This year, yeah, Virginia, I mean, Virginia's all about it. Like, yeah, she's, yeah. yeah, she's all about it. But this year, like, John's he's in kind Christmas of. Christmas Prime. Yeah, he, he's understanding, like, like, you know, Santa's bringing you presents, like who Santa is. Like he recognizes Rudolph and the Bumble, and he loves seeing the lights and all this stuff. And he's getting into Christmas songs now. And so last night, he he's also at the like, like Virginia nap for a long time. Like she needed the nap. John, it, it, we've just decided like he, he doesn't need a nap because he either he, he acts fussy at two or three. And if you can just power through that, then he'll go to sleep right at eight. He'll wake up. He'll be happy. He'll be in, in a good mood. If he naps now. The kid stays up to like ten thirty or eleven. Like, like he's absolutely me. He refuses to go down. It sounds like me too. Yeah. So like I'll, I'll we'll get, he'll, he'll go to, and like you can't keep him up and, and like Virginia go to sleep. Like we have to get him down around the same time. So Virginia will go to bed and then I'll go back there with John and I'm back there for like an hour and a half now. 
And he won't like like Virginia would if she didn't want to go to sleep, she would fight to get up, and she would like be like, I want to leave the room, and I want to go back and play. Like John will just like do dumb stuff while I'm rocking him. Like he'll, like he'll like, hit me in the face. He'll be like, Daddy. And last night, I thought that he had fallen asleep. Like I thought he was out cold. And I go to stand up, and the moment I go to sit up, he very aggressively just starts like grunting, like he starts aggressively grunting jingle bells at me. Doesn't open his eyes. This is this is the way that men communicate. I was like, that's my boy. Like he knows what he's doing. He says he does. He's not like daddy. I'm awake. He's letting me know musically through very aggressive grunting, which I appreciated. And I then he, I thought you were gonna end with. And then right when he hit the chorus, you heard yeah, I, I smelled something funny. Yeah, he, he might as well. He the kid farts a ton while he's while he's going trying to go to sleep. Yeah, I heard. And then he just I started singing. Grunting, I'm thinking something else. Then he started singing "Twinkle Twinkle," and I was like, "All right, buddy. Like, let's just all the all the while his eyes are closed, but just like letting me know, like you haven't won yet. I'm still fighting this. You're gonna be here for another thirty. It's like I, I, like I don't get him down until like ten o'clock. I mean, dinner at like ten fifteen. It's terrible. But what did you have for dinner? Uh, Mary made taco soup. Delicious. What's taco soup? If you have to ask. You can't afford it. Well, that's probably true. It's not that's true at all. It's very simple. It's like uh, it's, it's like shredded chicken. It should have been like you can't handle it. Beans, tomato, <laughs> like some nice little broth. It, it, it's good. It, it's it's very good. I enjoy it. It's one okay. of the, the best soups that she makes during soups. Well, I, I'm, I feel like I can taste it already, the way you picture it. You describe it. Yeah, yeah I told you what's in it. It's basically beans. Shredded and chicken, okay. beans, uh, tomatoes. Yeah, like taco broth, it, it's it's. What's those? What, what's I don't know what the dice green chili broth is. It a, so it's a, yeah, chicken broth, some spices. Yeah. Would you consider it a meal? I put sour cream and cheese and hot sauce in it Ugh. and eat it with chips. It's sour, very good. Ugh, sour cream's disgusting. How do you not like sour cream? Easily, it's disgusting. I have taste buds. Sour cream's delicious. Ugh. The palate of a two-year-old. <laughs> What'd you DoorDash last night? Uh, I didn't DoorDash. I uh, I, I lifted the. Are you still Are you still ban, ban yourself from DoorDash after your poor bet? <laughs> well, the Louisville Kentucky game was so financially <laughs> disrupted that you had to cancel DoorDash for a month. It wasn't my decision to ban as much as it was the good people at Chase. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I had to do my own clock buttoner. Um, no, I end up uh, I end up going to Soupies again. Like, cause I. Back to soupies. I know, After I the know, abuse, I know. You're I'm, one of those battered uh, spouses in a lifetime movie. I know. They're I treating pull, you like crap. Why does he stay? Why does he stay? I pulled up and they were like, can I take your order, Mr. Mr. Tina Turner? And I'm like, yeah, it's <laughs> me. Uh, give me a chicken dumpling soup, another one, yeah. Uh, but I ate that and I, I took a little nap too, which is why I missed a little bit, most of the middle part of the Monday football games. I was so full after eating my soup, I ended up... Uh, Taking a, little, taking a little, little snooze like John did and woke up, and that's why you know was up so late watching my movies. There you go. That's good. So all in all, it was a good night, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try taco soup. I'm gonna, Without all the you know disgusting sour cream, I'm going to look that up. Maybe give it a go. Mary makes, she makes good taco soup. She does tortilla soup, white chicken chili. It's all yeah. White chicken chili, I do know. I do like. Uh, tortilla, I'm not family. a big tortilla. I'm, I'm all about soup. I'm clearly. Love the I, 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 I've, I've given away my standards and uh, to, to continue going to a soup place. I, I'm going to ask the... The text, line, plantation here. the text line, by the way, is 502-414-1450, the Thornton sex line. This is going to be a nice text line, David. We have basketball to talk about tomorrow. I don't know exactly what direction people want to go to. I wrote a big thing on Card Chronicle today, kind of just overall about the state of the Louisville basketball program. I mentioned I started off yesterday during the when we got to the DePaul not rant. Not a rant. Not a rant at all. No. I mentioned how like in the 24 hours after the DePaul loss this weekend, it seemed like everybody was, you know, kind of out for blood and 
you know, Mike, what are you going like, to oh, get angry about this? Like, like, let's have some calling for his job on the radio and all this stuff. And I kind of was like, you know, nothing's changed. Like, yeah, we lost in the We were underdogs in that game, for God's sake. Like, it's not like it's not like this was the worst performance of the last two years. It was just the latest terrible performance. And, and you know, Kenny Payne said stuff that made people after the mad after the game. That happens after every game, even when we win. He says stuff after the games that gets people mad. So I didn't realize why I was sort of a tipping point. I don't know. I think the the fan base is all, for the most part, unified in recognizing that this is going in a certain direction and that the direction is not where any of us wanted it to go. But I, I like I, I don't know whether the the apathy has fully set in for some people. Clearly, there's still a decent amount of anger. We saw that on the text line yesterday. People were responding to what we were discussing on the show. There, there's definitely still passion for the men's basketball program. I just don't know how much you can get out of that like, at this point. Like, what is there left to say about men's basketball? And we don't have anything to react to today because, hey, Kenny Payne's not doing media availability, so the, we won't hear him talk today before the 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 Arkansas State game tomorrow. Um and that was did they give a reason by the way? The only thing that I saw, and I was not. This was one of those, I think, emails that went to some select media members, and I did not get last week. I, I get, I thought I got all the, the media emails, but some of them I haven't gotten. But they were talking about you're being blackballed. Well, I think it's just the people that I guess go to the the, the basketball games and cover it, which <laughs> I don't know why. Like you know, still, I think everybody would be privy to this knowledge, but apparently not. But before the DePaul game, uh, Zach, I think, sent an email out saying that there might be media availability before the Arkansas State game. There might not be. He wasn't sure. But that there would definitely be media availability before the Pepperdine game on Saturday and then definitely again next week before the Kentucky game. So we will hear from Kenny Payne on Friday. He did do his coach's show. How nice of him to actually give us a press conference before the U.K. game. Yeah. I, he did do his coach's show yesterday. I don't think anything significant was said. Uh, I think it was just kind of the same old, same old. But we nothing to react to today from the, the press. He's not taking questions from the media today. So mm-hmm. I, I, we'll hear from him, I guess, again on Friday or after the game tomorrow. But there's nothing really new to react to on the basketball front. Football is, you know, we've got – I think we'll talk about the report that's out there. There's three different transfer prospects that I believe are on campus today. We can get into that. Uh, that'll be fun. But I, like, I don't know how much more people want to discuss what's going on with men's basketball. I mean, everybody says that they don't want to hear about it anymore. And then when you start talking about it, like everybody has an opinion, everybody wants to jump in. But football, you know, we've got over two weeks until this bowl game. Besides the transfer portal, talk is kind of at a murmur. Like this, we're gonna have to get a little bit uh, you know, summer radio e on this uh, on this show for the next couple of weeks. I think I got that. I got you. Christmas radio. <laughs> Count down your favorite TV holiday episodes. What was your favorite Christmas gift? Worst Christmas gift? Yeah, we'll do. I'm sure we'll do that at some point. I think we've done that every year twice already. Probably, although I have no <laughs> idea what yours was. Oh come on, really? You don't know mine. Your favorite gift? Yeah, you've got no idea. Uh, you it was when you got the talk boy from uh, Home Alone two. No, but I did get that one time, not for Christmas, but like a friend <laughs> a friend left it at my house, and I was like, well, this is mine now. That's, that's one. That's one of those gifts that I, I'm, I've considered buying as an adult to like give joy to the, the inner child in me. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, it's, it's it was talking. not nearly as cool as you thought it was going to be. It just <laughs> said stuff backwards. I, I know, but it's just like, you, like, it's one of those things like, like there's been times I've been online. Like I've looked up like G.I. Joe stuff or transformer stuff that I, I would never could have gotten as a kid that I've considered like just buying now as an adult. Cause I can afford it and I can, I can get it. And, like, I just, I don't know. I mean, there's never been, like, gifts from, like, your childhood that you never, like, came close to getting short of, like, you know, 
one of the automated driving little cars that we can't fit in now. I mean, that you've thought about buying. By the way, we we floated that idea to Virginia this year to get her one of those. And I was like, oh, she's going to be one of those kids. But I think we're going to go the uh, the, the well, classic. If you get her one though. You got to get John one. Well, he's he, 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 he we would just, like let him use hers. You can't let John drive a Barbie car. Well, or... she wasn't. We weren't going to get a Barbie one. Okay, the one we had was like a it was like a. But she, we figured out like this is the class, and I'm excited about this. It's like the, the it's going to be the classic bike year. Like she fell in love with the bike at the place where we were. It was per- she was like doing a great job riding it, so we're finally gonna get a bike. And then they have these like balance bikes now for like babies that we're gonna get one of those for John. Are those called training wheels? No, but it's different. Like, like I, so I never knew about a balance bike until I started watching my my friends' videos. And like, I so I had no idea that you have these little things where you can just like zoom down hills, and like one year olds can just hold on and they're not, they're not gonna fall. And it was the first time I ever saw it, it was Keith Wynn's kid. His wife was always posting on Instagram, and I like I didn't know that these things existed. And I was like, I was like. Their one-year-old is like amazing at riding a bike. I was like, "This is incredible!" I didn't see any. I was like, "He's, like, he's going to be a BMX superstar." So I think John's going to get one of those from Santa. Uh, so that'll be fun. We're excited about what we got. It'll be a good time. Picked up both things uh, today. Where Santa will have both things coming in on the twenty-fifth. It'll be great. Let's take a break. When we come back, football news and notes. We'll get into the transfer portal stuff, uh, the news of the day there, and then we're gonna hop in the text line a little bit earlier than usual today. Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. It's the Mike Rutherford Show. Happy Tuesday to you. From all of us here at Out of doing TV Tuesdays, Trevor. Uh, this is the TV team. This is. Yeah. What was the last one? This is all. There's, there's, they all are connected as well. I have no idea what the last one was. I don't know what this one is either. The last one was Boardwalk Empire. Okay, I've never seen it. This is Shameless. Oh, you and you've been watching this. There I have been. I've been. I've paused a little bit for season three, but uh, you can turn it off. Okay, I'll think. Uh, <laughs> Instead of just but, but yeah, shouting over the music. Ah, uh, today What's is, this from? <laughs> Mom! <laughs> I'm stuck in a chair! Um, and they're all, you've got all HBO and Showtime song, shows today. Okay. TV Tuesday still uh, on. I wonder how many of these you'll get. You, you're, not, you're not a big HBO Showtime watcher, are you? I mean, I was. I've watched well, and, HBO but, more so than Showtime. Well, I, yeah, I kind of agree. This, I think this is, well... I think this is the only Showtime show I actually did ever really watch. I mean, I watched Dexter. See, I never got I, in, watched I never Weeds. got into Dexter. I watched um, mm. um I never saw mm. I'm trying to think of other ones from like the like new ones, no. I watched Homeland, all that. I did you know, I think about that. I did watch the I guess the first two seasons of Home Homeland and then I just I dropped. There were some bad ones mixed in there and then it got good again at the end. Is I guess Dexter and Shameless are the two biggest non HBOs, right? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, Dexter's probably number one. I think it's right up there. Because Entourage was HBO, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, And then, of course, Sopranos. And 
Well, I mean, Breaking Bad and stuff. Like, if you're talking about like, well, I'm just talking just about non HBO shows. I, I guess I'm, I should have been more uh, the paid uh, subscriptions. Side. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, Cinemax has never really brought anything to the table, have they? Well, well, <laughs> depends on what you're. Other, 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 other than the the appreciation of adolescent boys all over the country. Thirteen year old Mike <laughs> yeah. strongly disagrees with that. <laughs> they still call it Skinemax. I, I don't know. I, I, I think for the last 20 years or so, they've moved on to bigger and better things than having to, to stay up till 1 a.m. to watch like, very, very light, softcore porn. And I know, I know Stars does shows. I actually did watch one wrestling show in Stars, but and it got canceled after the second season. Yeah, that sucks. But it, it was only because it was wrestling. Otherwise, I wouldn't have watched it. Let's talk about football. All right. Recruiting uh, in, in the transfer portal is the big thing. It will continue to be the big thing, I think, for the next uh, month or so outside of the Holiday Bowl itself. And via Jody Demling over oh, there. Oh, do I do I play it? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's time. Hit, I'm sorry. Hit yeah, it. you got hit, hit it. it. My, that's my fault. It's the transfer portal. Window is open during the show here. Uh-huh. And just someone just like walking by here, me scream that <laughs> I do. I don't know if you've noticed this over the last two days. So WJIE, our sister station, they are playing Christmas music continually now. Eh, it's, more, it's, I, it's, it's, I, it's more. It's more Christian. In December. I mean, yeah. yeah it's more. You know, they're focused more on the Jesus. You know, a lot more Jesus there than than Santa. If that's you know, if you're looking for. For more of the Jesus Christmas songs Jesus from the Santa. Jesus is coming to town. Jesus is coming. Did they just replace Santa with Jesus in all of them? Sorry. Let's tread lightly here. I just think of Carmen when he did the Christian rock and he yes. was like, how to replace baby with God? Let's walk very carefully. <laughs> they are playing hey, Christmas. Me they are playing Christmas music consistently <laughs> on WJIE right now. Okay. And I have noticed the last three days that you know one of the, I think it's Jessica's office at the, at the very front. Has just like had the Christmas music going on because even though there's nobody up there, yeah, I heard that. And I, I wonder if that's just to drown us out <laughs> because they're nervous, like somebody is going to come in here and they want to hear that more than us talking about whatever the hell we're talking about. I didn't notice that playing when I left here last night because you left before I got it. You 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 got out here before me, and I hadn't even walked out of the room here, which is you know my door closed now. And I walked out; it was like pitch black in, in the room in the in the office, and like all I could hear was the Christmas music playing. Yeah, the door was shut and it was still going. Yeah, it's still it's going right now. <laughs> Can you- if you walk out there, you'll hear it. It's fine. I just feel like it's a personal shot at us, but whatever. No, I mean, I like hearing our show. Whatever. Uh, Jody Demling over at Cardinal Authority is on top of all the recruiting news. Uh, he said this was an article penned yesterday that Louisville expected to host three new transfer portal prospects today: Texas Tech offensive lineman Monroe Mills, who maybe could be back here to rejoin. Forces with Tyler Shuck, the quarterback who transferred in from Texas Tech. Yeah. Michigan State offensive lineman Kevin Wigginton. And then North Carolina cornerback Tyon Holloway. We love taking the North Carolina secondary right? transfers. Yeah. Well, two We had two last year. Storm Duck and Cameron Kelly came over from UNC. I think the biggest of this uh, of this group is the first one mentioned there, the offensive lineman from Texas Tech, Monroe Mills. Uh, he's a guy who spent the last two years in Lubbock. He started his career at Oklahoma State. He made 10 starts at right tackle for Texas Tech in 2022 and then moved over to left tackle this past year where he made 12 starts this past season. A guy that maybe you could plug in place of Willie Tyler. He was 
he's got two years of eligibility left. Maybe he could play right tackle. Maybe he can play left tackle. But he's a big kid who knows the position. 6'6", 315, uh, two-year starter at a very high level in a very good offense. Uh, he's got uh, offers from Colorado State, Tennessee, Vanderbilt, Pitt, Maryland, and a number of others. Uh, he's a, he would be a, a nice little land out of the, pro, out of the, the, the portal. And then Wigginton, who was a member of Michigan State's 2021 recruiting class, a little bit younger, also very big, six foot five, three twenty. He went to Michigan State as a redshirt, saw action four games as a reserve during his second season, and then in 2023 played in all 12 games for them. Started six. He's got two years of eligibility left. Um, the Tyon Hollins from North Carolina, the cornerback, started just two games for them this year. He's formerly a big prospect. Real quick, are there two corners from uh, Storm and they're out of eligibility, right? I believe Storm Duck will be gone. Quincy Riley will be gone. Uh, you, you'll bring back, I think Jarvis Brownlee's got a year. Um, oh, he's been here the longest, too, I feel like, hasn't he? he, he he's a State transfer. When he, yeah, freshman when he gets a game. Um, you, you, Trey Franklin will be back. Uh, I think, the, But they're definitely looking to bolster. Cameron Kelly is gone. Yeah, he went, he's called, He's going pro, right? Well, he's going pro, but he also – it's one of those deals where, like, he's a six-year guy. He's got He, he can't come oh, back. Then why do you announce he's going pro? Because everybody does it now. <laughs> I, think, I think everybody just wants to remind people that, like, hey, like, I'm pretty good – would love to play pro. I saw it. I just assumed he was an underclass. I thought you would have an underclass. I know. For, yeah. It's a new thing now. Okay. Like, they're all. That's yeah. sneaky, dude. He threw me off there. They're all doing that <laughs> that, that, that thing. Uh, Quincy Riley actually could come back this okay. year if he wanted to. I guess he's got, uh, quick corrected there, he's got one year of eligibility remaining. I don't think he's going to. Remember, we, our, our, one of our highest rated recruits last year was Aaron Williams, the kid from St. John Bosco, who could definitely see some playing time next yeah. year. Uh, Gilbert Frierson is gone as well, who played you know kind of that DB linebacker hybrid role this past year. We could get MJ Griffin back, who was injured before the year at safety. Devin Neal will come back, I think potentially. I mentioned Franklin. Storm Duck is definitely gone. Um, I'm trying to think of who else would be out back there. That Brownlee, I guess. Yeah, Brownlee's got at least one more year of eligibility. Um, so we still need to bolster the secondary is, is the long and short of it because we are going to lose some key guys. Neil coming back will help a lot. Riley coming back would be great. I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, Brownlee coming back will help, but we need some cornerbacks. We, we went think about it last year. Like we thought secondary, we need maybe one or two guys. We went and got a bunch of guys, and then right at the beginning of the season, MJ Griffin gets hurt. All like that depth becomes much more important than we thought it was going to be. Cornerbacks kept going down. Brownlee was hurt for a lot of the year. And thankfully, the secondary was able to play pretty well for most of the season because I think we had that depth. So this is definitely a position of need. The Collins kid was you know, he didn't put up great numbers for a not great North Carolina defense this past season, but he's got the the pedigree. He's a former four star guy. He played in ten of their twelve games, nineteen tackles, one and a half tackles for loss, just one pass breakup. So you know, a guy that you're taking more. Uh, it's more about potential than it is about what he did this past year at UNC. We also should mention Louisville had Ball State tight end transfer uh, Tanner Koziol on campus on Monday for an unofficial visit. He reported that he got a scholarship offer from U of L tight end. Definitely another position where Louisville is looking to bolster its forces for next season. So three prospects already committed. The transfer portal is going to keep being a big thing. Is Ben Styles coming back next year? I don't think he can. I believe this was his last rodeo. This is his last rodeo? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I can't imagine he had much left. He's been... Yeah, like he's, he's been playing he's for ten years on three teams. He's done. Nate Kariski can come. We'll, we'll come back next year. Um, but you know, he's a guy that you, you, Josh Lipson is gone. This was his last year. He kind of was 
going to be gone anyway, and then decide at the last second to use the the COVID year to come back. So you lose Lifson, you, you lose. I mean, you lose Lifson, you lose Gatewood, you bring back Kariski. We also didn't see a ton of um, Jamari Johnson this past year, the, red, the, the true freshman. I, I, is there any? Should I be worried that he may not come because of the lack of playing time with transfer? Or? I mean, I can't say you shouldn't be worried about anybody in this That's day and true. age. Yeah, but I've heard no rumblings that he's a, a candidate. I know that they really like him a lot. He's super talented, big kid, six foot five. They just. You know, when it came down to it at the end of the year, it was going to be a race between Johnson and Gatewood to see like who's the more developed of the two that we can use in passing situations late in the year. And it's been, it winds up being Gatewood. Now, maybe like Gate, Johnson may be one of those guys that you just throw out there in the bowl game when you've got less to lose and you're kind of building towards next season. Yeah, and we see not, him yeah. step up and catch a couple of, of passes out there. But you also want to reward guys like, like Josh Lifson that have been doing the right things in the program for a long time. And you, you don't want to just. Not let him play because you're thinking about the future, but I just I just get worried when you we can lose, you know. But if we you be bringing in the grad transfer guys or your, you know, fifth and sixth year guys to, you know, want to ignore the the four or five star big recruits that we have, you know. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it would be a shock at all to see him leave just because, like you said, he didn't play. His situation is exactly why I think you're going to see Jeff Brom and why he's telling people. His philosophy moving forward is to be more portal heavy than recruiting heavy because when you do get kids like Jamari Johnson that have that. That, that solid pedigree that are four-star kids that were recruited by the Oregons of the world and that pick you over you know, bigger programs, like they expect to see the field right away. And when mm-hmm. it doesn't happen, like they're very likely going to hit the portal. And I think that you could see that happen. I mean, like kids pick Louisville over schools like Oregon or when we've landed kids over like Auburn and, and you know, a, a, like the Florida's of the world. Ohio State. Right. Yeah. They, because they, they see. You know, one of the big things that, that we have in those situations is typically you can get on the field here faster than you can at those programs, right? And when that's no longer an option, when that's not something that, that you see right away, like it's easy for kids to hit the portal and go somewhere where it is. Now they realize they can't get the playing time at Louisville because Louisville instead has replaced them with the guy who couldn't, who was also a big recruit Ohio State three years ago, but now couldn't get playing time there, but came here. Exactly. I mean, it's kind of <laughs> or the guy that, that got a lot of playing time and looked pretty damn good at San Jose State. You know, it's yeah, just, or yeah, yeah. That's the way that it's working. It's the way of the world. And if it's a, if it's an angle out there that you can use to your advantage, you got to use it to your advantage. So this is an interesting. It's not to not to go you're fine. random off topic a little bit, but I just read this an interesting stat. This kind of blows my mind. Okay. This is from Tyler Griever. Okay. We just. We just Apparently, last night, Will Levis became the first rookie in NFL history to over 300 yards of Monday Night Football. That's not that shocking. I mean, I on I guess, I on guess, Monday Night Football. It's... I guess. Yeah, but Monday Night Football's been going on since, like, 1971. Yeah, how many rookie quarterbacks are... You, more rookies play quarterback now, I feel like, than they used to. True. In this day, and I feel like there probably haven't been that many that have played. We had two last night. We did. I just don't. It's kind of surprising that he's became the first one. Levis, Plus, by the way, I don't way, want to hear Kentucky fans talk about that either. I mean, Levis deserves his flowers. He was he was great last night. He, he, was. he comes out and throws the pick six immediately, and you're like, oh, point and laugh, Will Levis. And then he comes out last night. He was an animal. Like he he was very very good for them last night. And it looks like he's probably you know, might be like the, the, the future uh, at that position for them moving forward because they should be better than they have been, and they're starting to play better now. Yeah. But Levis, yeah, maybe proving a lot of us, including myself, definitely very very wrong. Who thought? Oh, I didn't think it was yeah. justified that he fell out of the first round. Yeah, I mean, I guess yeah, and, and of course, on his last year UK, you, you, I mean, you take a drop when you, when you lose an NFL quality guy like Wendell Robinson. How do you how do you feel real quickly? I know we're, we're, we are since you brought it up. Sorry, yeah. How do you feel about the Tommy DeVito stuff? Like all the, <laughs> have you heard that he lives at home with his parents? Did you know that he's Italian? I, 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 
He's Italian. It's getting. Like, <laughs> he's playing into it a lot, I, and I think it's more about. And I get it. Like, like hey, strike while the iron's hot. There's no guarantee that you're going to be a starting quarterback again this time next year. Like, like I, I get it, but it's also getting it. At some point, it's a little bit obnoxious. Where I'm the like, whole storyline, oh shucks, he's he's still mama's boy type guy. I mean, I, mean, I don't need to. Like, I, I watched. He, he grew up five minutes from the stadium. I've watched very very little New York Giants football, <laughs> well, and I've heard the well, anecdote yeah. about him living with his parents. I think seventy two thousand times. Well, at this I, point. Yeah. Yeah, you hear on every yeah any uh, highlight reel you're watching weekly. Even if you didn't watch the game of the Giants, they'll bring it up. Yeah, he now he played all four years at Syracuse, didn't he? Or did he transfer? He transferred to Illinois. That's right. So he's, he's now moving back with his parents. He hasn't lived with them this whole time. Yeah, <laughs> big wrench in the story. Yeah, they don't bring that up. His mom cooks for him, Trevor. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Does she feed him too? He's, he's he's like ranking Italian foods on like their official Instagram. I'm like, what are we doing here? Stop, stop this! Yeah, but if anything, he's he's proof that why you shouldn't have given that much money to Daniel Jones. That's true. <laughs> Anyways, just thought I'd bring that up. Other transfer portal notes to get to here on three, aka on P, but we'll call them on three here because they're doing something that we like. I know what you're going to bring up. I just saw it. They have ranked the top ten oh, transfer portal players that have committed. Not not the top ten available players, but the top ten players in the portal who've committed to other programs. They've got our own Thor Griffith from Harvard Thor. as the number eight player in the portal who's gone somewhere well, He else. makes a big play. The whole crowd going to chant, Thor. We need to bring like little hammers to games. Yeah. Well, I didn't know that. But yeah. Fake, like <laughs> rubber hammers, Yeah, like the, like, the, like the balloon ones you get at, used to get at the fair. Yeah. Yeah, let's do that. I think that'd be cool. Now, they have uh, – Tyler Shuck is on this list as well, but he's down at like – I don't know, it looks like, like 49. So I made the list. He's down there. He's on the list, though. He's on the list. Uh, but, but Thor Griffith is the big guy. Tyler Shuck, the the um, the Where's account he on, on quarterbacks. Is this only I don't know. Overall, they they so. don't do that. Yeah. The U of L Sports News account that does such a good job breaking down. He, he's done a bunch of video breakdowns for football and basketball over the years. Did a good one on Tyler Shuck today. And the more I watch, because he includes the good and the bad. Like there, there are some bad decisions out there. The one thing I'll say about Shuck is that it, it's comforting. Maybe is is the word. I don't. Know. It's refreshing, I guess. To see somebody with that type of arm who's coming here, like like he's he's throwing seeds all over the field. Like he doesn't always make the right decision. He may like miss a route. He may take make a, a gamble throw. But all those throws that we saw that were out there for the taking this past season, like he can make those throws. And, and I think this is definitely a trust in Brom situation where you're like, just again, I think I'll say the same thing I said the last time. He's got to do the Kevin Nealon, Happy Gilmore. Harness good, block bad. Like we've got to to limit the mistakes. But the good news is, if you're trying to like this, you know, Jamari Thrash, I think is very much on the fence about coming back next year. And it, let's say you're a guy like him, you're Chris Bell. You know, we've got JoJo Stone coming in. We're recruiting a couple of other wide receivers in the portal. I think it's a nice selling point to them to say, look, look at how many times you broke free this past year, Jamari. Look at how many times you were open deep, uh, Amari Huggins, Bruce, Chris Bell, whoever, and Jack Plummer, God love him, just couldn't get the ball there to you. Like You probably left, you had three or four deep touchdowns, three or four explosive plays that just didn't happen because we didn't have a quarterback with the arm strength to make those throws. This kid, same exact offense, same exact plays. If you have the, that same exact separation, he's going to hit you. Come back, your numbers are going to be better, the offense is going to be more explosive, it's going to be more pass happy, you won't have to do as much run blocking, which wide receivers hate. I, I think it's a nice selling point. I'm not saying this kid's going to be all world, but he, at the very, very least, has the arm strength 
to make the throws that Jack Plummer couldn't. And that's, uh, I think it's exciting to see somebody who can make those these types of throws. Now, he's got to got to limit the mistakes, which killed us this year at the, at the quarterback position, but and, and stay healthy, of course. But if he does stay healthy, this offense, I can see this being a perfect marriage because he can, he can move, he's got an arm. Those are two good things that you, I don't know if you heard of this, Trevor, you can't teach those things. You can't teach height, right? Can't, that too. That's what I hear. You can't teach height. You can Unless give you're lift. a crazy German doctor coach. You can give them lifts, but you can't teach it. Uh, the, the two things stick. The, the three things that, that worry me, and I do have, as you said, I, I've been brought my trust. So I mean, there are, and, and this is a quarterback who, you know, is maybe just kind of a gap filler again for one more year until hopefully maybe something else. I won't be mean, but something else better comes around the, around the around the way. But the three things that stick out to me were, I mean, one, obviously injuries. I mean, you, you said it. Yeah, the injuries have been a, a problem for him over the last 12 years of his college career. Um, interceptions being number two. I mean, he's, what, yep. 17 interceptions to just you know, 36 touchdowns. And the other one that kind of sticks out, maybe under the radar, is the completion percentage. Uh, he had the one good year, like, in his first year at Tech. He's got to do 59% completion percentage his second year attack, and only 60% last year. That's not good in college football. Like, for example, Plummer threw 60, almost 64% this year, and we were not happy with his percentage of completion. Well, hold on. I mean, his first year at Tech, it was 69.6%. 69, yeah, and then he threw 59 and 60. Yeah, it's gone down. It's to, not terrible for in an offense where you're throwing good. it as, as much as that. I mean, he he led Oregon to Pac-12 title, but throwing completing 64 percent of his passes. You love bringing up that Pac-12 title, don't you? <laughs> I mean, I think it's a pretty significant fact. It is. It is. Yeah, it's in, the, in the in the 2020 year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, could it be better? Sure, but you know, Texas Tech, you're slinging like he's throwing the ball 40 times a game in, in that offense. I'm not going to fault him that bad for being around 60 percent. I think that that's. I think it's okay. It's not. It's okay is the best way to positively describe it. And, I mean, you can't just discount, if you're going to harp on that, you can't just discount the fact that he completed 70% of his passes in 2021. He did. But, that's, but there's two bads over one good. Yeah. I mean, limited sample size in all three years. I mean, he, he got hurt all three times. So mm-hmm. we still haven't seen him for like a full, in the Oregon year where he did go to the Pac-12 championship was the The 21 was take, the, first the short take season. was probably his best season. And that was just that basically was just the end. Like, like he wasn't healthy until the very end of the year. He only played in four games, so like like he's he's never played a full season. He's never really played half a season. And that was a different tech offense too. That was Matt Wells, who if Matt Wells is the guy who was uh, basically was uh, Jordan Love's coach until his last year at Utah State. Now the best stretch of, of, of games that he's ever had was the the end of his twenty twenty two season, where he threw for like four hundred eighty one yards against Oklahoma. He was thirty-one of fifty in that game. Was the MVP of their bowl game win over Ole Miss? Um, like, like he was very. I mean, thirty-one of fifty. It's only sixty-two percent completion, but that's. I think you take that if you're throwing the ball fifty times a game. That's what he did against Oklahoma and helped his team put up fifty-one points. Like he was really, really good down the stretch in twenty twenty-two. Helped them. They had not a great year. Helped them win their last four games. They beat a good Kansas team. They won at Iowa State. Beat Oklahoma and then beat Ole Miss in the bowl game where he was the MVP. Had 392 yards of total offense. Uh, he, he was he was good down the stretch. It, it's all. I mean, I think it's just, the health is the big thing. No, if you can I, stay I mean, healthy, that's, that's number one. I didn't. Yeah, listen, I just said there was three of them. I'm it, with it, you. It no. was third. The decision making is definitely concerning one. for sure. I mean, he, he throws the ball to the other team too much, and, and that killed us a lot this year. If he can stay healthy, I think you trust this offense. You trust Braun to put him in the right situations. He can make the throws, 
And that's something that we did not just just didn't have this year. And if he can't, I think you trust Brahms' ability to get one of the other four quarterbacks in the roster in a position to win us games. Or you just hope we can run the ball as well as we did last year. That would help too. Defense, Se- defense would be nice too. Second break, four o'clock hours up next. We'll turn things over to you guys on the Thornton's text line. Hit us up, your thoughts, uh, 502-414-1450. It's the Mike Rutherford Show. Continues next here on the Big X. Kentucky Atlas, only locally owned sports talk, 1450 and 96.1 FM, the Big X Sports Radio, WXVW, Jeffersonville. Probably better than Rugrats. Uh, didn't Rugrats have Bibby common? This is odd. <laughs> oh, boy. Still better than Rugrats. You never watched Oz, did you? I never did. That was the first HBO show I got into. Like, it, like everybody would, because it was, I, I always lived in the shadow of Sopranos because it was at the same time, too. It did. All I just hear was like, I mean, I heard the, oh, <laughs> the yeah, thing that everybody I mean, heard about the show. There's a lot, yeah, I mean. <laughs> At one point, Luke Perry gets buried in a wall alive. I mean, Jesus, <laughs> that's why actually. Not exactly <laughs> encouraging. He's a religious me. guy. <laughs> Not exactly encouraging me to watch the show, but yeah, it's it's, fine. It's, I think I missed the boat already. It's an entertaining show. I mean, in the most, and everybody left Oz would go on to be on SBU at some point. There you go. One big story that we have not touched on yet uh, today. A reunion that's happening in Baltimore. How about this? The the Ravens have signed or are going to sign, I guess, according to Adam Schefter, Malik Cunningham to their active yes. roster. Cunningham, who spent a chunk of this season on the Patriots active roster, appeared in one game but didn't record a stat, had been on their practice squad. Uh, The Ravens are bringing him back where he'll reunite with Lamar Jackson. The two were teammates at Louisville in 2017. They've remained close since. Cunningham told Adam Schefter, I wanted to thank Mr. Kraft and Coach Belichick for giving me an opportunity to play with the Patriots. I learned a lot from them. I want to be a coach one day so I could take notes from Coach Belichick because he's one of the greatest of all time. I had a great, I had great teammates in New England and built relationships that will last a lifetime, but I just feel like this is a good opportunity for me, and I'm excited to be a Baltimore Raven. Yeah, I mean, I would be too. You know, He's getting to, if nothing else, you get to experience the NFL playoffs as a rookie, whereas wasn't going to happen in New England with a 3-10 and record. No, so no. not a bad move for Malik. 3-10 and 10 or 4-10? Four, four and 10, I think 3-10. and 10. They lose again this week. The Ravens are ten and three. I believe the Patriots are three and ten. So, gotta feel pretty good making this move. This is a a nice little move for Malik. Plus, you're back with your boy. Very cool. Two Cardinal quarterbacks on the same roster. If it can't be the Lions, go Ravens. Make it happen. And and you know what? My apologies. I I, Malik has already surpassed any NFL career I thought he would ever have. Yeah, I mean he's. I mean he's on our roster. Yeah, he's on exactly. I mean I know it's not exactly blowing all the doors off the competition, but. He's not only on a roster; he's been on now. This is his second roster. I saw all his I mean, uh, a couple like multiple of his teammates from the Patriots like posted on Instagram these sort of subtle like good luck and congrats on finding like a team that's going to appreciate your talents and all this stuff. Like, like I think there were several Patriots that kind of wanted to see him uh, get more playing time. Although Bailey Zappi played well last week, I think, and then their victory didn't he? Isn't that true? Like he had a big, oh, he three touchdowns. He has yeah. to do an interception, but yeah. Not so great the week before in that 6 nothing game, but I think he was good last week. But he Malik. Made a, he made a 3 nothing game this week. God, 
I know. <laughs> Go Vikes. The Josh Dobbs experiment. Dobbs Mania, I think, has come to I an end. I think he got hurt. Yeah, he got hurt, didn't he? Did he? I don't know. I thought they took him. Yeah, he either got hurt or they benched him at one point. I mean. Anyway. Uh, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton sex. Let's take some text from people. I, saying, I just saw an interesting like uh, summer question on Twitter. Hit me. Um, this is coming from uh, a baseball site I follow, so a lot of these replies are baseball. But who's the biggest free agent in your favorite team you remember signing? King Griffey Jr. That was, that was a trade, though, right? Yeah, it was a trade. Yeah. So free agent signing? It says, who's the big, the quote is, who's the big first, who's the big first free agent you remember your favorite team signing? Now, this is from a, a baseball site who's actually based in Toronto. So he kind of went with one I would go with when he, he goes, I'll start Roger Clemens, Blue Jays 96, mm. which I do remember that. But it's not number one to me. One to me would be probably Ricky Waters in 94 with the Eagles. Because also, I mean, you didn't have free agency in, in NFL until '92, so. Uh, but those two are his his base, his baseball, and that's my football probably stick out to me the most. God, I mean, the Reds have had such terrible luck in free agency. Like, I can't even think of, I legit can't think of anybody that's been good. Like, you most of yours would be under the radar guys, like a Ron Gant, wouldn't it? Like Ryan Ludwig. Like you signed, or like uh, who was the guy that um. The number one pick to hell the drug problems, but blew, blew, blossomed with Josh Hamilton. Josh Hamilton, yeah, yeah. Like, but all, but you're all Traded yours. Traded him for uh, Edinson Volquez. <laughs> is that what it was? Yeah. I, I would think with yours, it's all guys that like weren't splash, but like you, rem- they, they end up being a you know a big signing in post. Like Clemens was huge when they signed him, and then of course they ended up trading him for. I mean, I'll say that, Bush and Damon David Wells or whatever. I mean, I guess technically, like. Uh, like people like Ellie De La Cruz is a is a free agent signing. They they had the Dominican deal. So in that case, like Aroldis Chapman was a free agent signing. Okay, well, is it, it's just all Reds? No, no, no lines coming in there. I mean, God, Scott Mitchell. I mean, Scott Mitchell was a huge signing. Was he a free agent signing? Yeah, he had to, he remember he he stepped in from Reno when he tore his ace, uh, his Achilles and had a good year with Miami, and then Detroit gave him a buttload of money. How sad is it that he had to go to Scott Mitchell? I mean, Golden Tate was a free agent signing. I remember that. I remember being very excited then you about that. Traded him to Philly. We did. Yeah, he played. He was on our uh, the, the team that lost the double doink game. Golden Tate was good. Dre Bly was a big one. I remember that. Uh, I can't. I I legit can't remember any other ones. Like I, I don't know who else was. <laughs> that was good. I mean, we've had John Kitna. Good lord! I mean, this is this is where I'm going with. Kitna was fine for us. Dre Bly was probably the one that I was the most excited about. I mean, when the NFL and interceptions at one time. John Runyon comes to mind for me. Right after the, the the Titans that went to the Super Bowl, we signed him, and he was our mainstay right tackle for another eight years. After that, we signed the dude with three names from the Rams that was so excited when he was the greatest. Oh, uh, uh, the guy from San Diego State, Hazir Hakim, or yeah. Hazir Hakim. Yeah. yeah, he was. From, I know he went to San Diego. He State. He sucked yeah. for the Lions. Oh, he sucked with the Rams, but he was exciting. <laughs> I was like, this guy's really, really fast. He was, he was one of like many guys the Rams would take because yeah he's quote fast and would, would never do anything. Yeah, he did nothing here. I was just curious. I, some of the comments in there, a lot of people. If we cheer for better teams. We'd have better stories. <laughs> I've got good. Well, you've ones. got good Eagles. Yeah, yeah at least my yeah, the Eagles. At least I have good ones with. Now I have some disappointing ones. Or you know, Asante Samuels and I forget that guy from the Raiders. They dread, they signed the cornerback that was so bad they cut him after like three weeks. Um, but the Blue Jays, the Blue Jays, and the Blue Jays have spent money. I mean, they've gone out and. Never been shy to to draw, open the wallet, but not always panning out. I was just curious. I thought it was an interesting little summer question. It made you think. Yeah. 
Uh, Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Text us podcast listener here. Tell me how dumb I am pod listener. One, I disagree with Trevor saying that nothing good comes out of Gary, Indiana. Respect Dana Evans. <laughs> I thought Dana Evans was the best thing. People love Dana Evans. <laughs> they do. I'm sorry. My, I do apologize to Dana Evans, man. Two, while I agree that we should continue to attack the portal, I hope that high school recruiting will improve next year. I feel like the portal should be used to patch holes in the roster, not create it. And if you have to continually go deep in the portal, that reflects poorly on player development. I mean, we can say what we want. Like, I'm telling you right now, this is what their philosophy is going to be. Like, they're going to have a few. They're going to be light on. Like, we're not going to have 25 player classes anymore when it comes to recruiting. I think they're going to take guys that want to be here. They're going to develop them. They are going to focus more on, on local recruiting. They've been hitting the area very hard recently. Try to get a couple of big names out there that maybe can see the field early on. But they're going to be very heavy on the portal moving forward as long as Brom feels like this is the best path to success. I, it's not ideal. I think we'll have to get used to it, but it's the way that it's going to be here. Texas Mike, I just listened to yesterday's show. You said that you've been saying for a year and a half that hiring Kenny Payne would be a disaster. Uh, no, I've been saying it for six years. When did you first say that? <laughs> I said it for the first time in 2018 uh, when, when his name came up. in the At that point in time, like it was a popular opinion, too, when, it, when his name came up when we, were going, when we ended up hiring Chris Mack, when, when David was the coach and it was obvious that we were going to hire somebody else. I just said, like, from what I've heard, from talking to people, that they believe that hiring Kenny Payne here would, would be a disaster. And I heard the same thing again the next cycle. I said it again on the show. I said it on the, the podcast. And uh, it's, been, it's been worse than I thought it was going to be, to be quite frank. I don't know what else to say. Texture says, I watch a lot of SEC basketball this year, you say. John Calipari, got to make him say no. <laughs> That's not the same guy, though, right? It's the, it's the guy to make him say no guy. Yeah. He went with Cal today? He went with Cal. Yeah, when I was like, when I was like, keep a close on, eye on SEC basketball, I got a text. Oh, him, yeah, somebody yeah. was like, Calipari and who else? <laughs> I, was like, I, had some, I had some friends texting me, too, about that. Like, must bus? Must bus? <laughs> I don't think the must bus. I mean, it could be wrong. I yeah. Uh, because I, I, honestly, I don't know the name. Like, all, all I keep hearing is that Josh has an eye on an SEC coach, and Nobody knows who, but it's I mean, you can you can whittle that down to a, I think three pretty obvious choices. I, I don't think that the problems with hiring Eric Musselman in the last cycle have gone away. Um, maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe maybe he's he's more gettable. Maybe we can. But Nate Oates is a very obvious name. I do think that you know there's rumblings about Mick Cronin for good reason. Cronin beard. Cronin very clearly wanted the job uh, a couple of years ago. I don't think that that's exactly breaking news. Uh, his his new contract makes it more difficult. There's some people talking about there's there's ways to get out of that, but I, who knows? He's having a bit of a down year at UCLA. They lost uh, their big recruiter. They lost some big players from last season's team. I don't know if they're going to be an NCAA tournament team this year. Maybe the oh now you really want me to hire him? Yeah, I mean UCLA fans are you know it's it's fickle. They expect a lot. They don't give a lot. So you know they've had three really good years in a row, but they have this one bad year. If they miss the NCAA tournament, maybe they'll get mad. Maybe that would be enough to push Mick to want to come back. He's he's a Midwest guy at heart. I could see him wanting to come back here. I think he'll be in play, but who, I mean, who knows? We, we, we've got three months to do this. He can always go back to Cincinnati. Their jobs will be open again. We'll get there. Texas, your rock bottom article was spot on. You have always had a way of reaching the deepest depths of being a Cardinal fan in the good times and the bad. I just wanted you to know it's very much appreciated. Thank you. Your comment is very much appreciated. Texas, what are your opinions on Beard, Hurley, and Painter? Would we have any shot at landing them? No, Beard, I don't think we're going to go after, unfortunately. Beard, I don't think we're going to go after. Hurley and Painter, I mean, yeah. I mean, what do you want? yeah I've, I mean, we're talking I've got great thoughts on both of them. I mean, are you, you're talking about Bobby or Danny here. I mean, 
Bobby may be a chance. Danny, not like Bobby him. you could get. Yeah, probably. He's at Arizona State still, right? He's for the time being. <laughs> you ain't getting Danny. Yeah, I don't see that one happening. Would I like to have Danny? Yeah. I, I would walk to radio every day for two and a half years if we could get Danny Hurley. I, I walk like on the highway to get to radio every year, every day. No one pick him up. Nobody picks me up. No I, I will do that if we could get Danny Hurley. I think he's absolutely the real deal. He's the right – I always say you've got to be the right kind of crazy to coach at a place like Louisville and I Kentucky agree. and all that stuff. Yeah. He is absolutely the right kind of crazy. You have to have an ego that knows – that even if you aren't bigger in the program, you feel you are, and you have, and you have to reflect that, and you see that in guys like Cal and Patino. And he comes like, yeah. You know, I reread that book, The Miracle of Saint Anthony, about his dad becoming the you know he's like the high, the greatest high school coach of all time. Like he comes from a family where that's just what you like. Everything comes behind behind basketball, which is very much the same mindset that Rick Pitino had, that Denny Crum had. Like we we need somebody like that who everybody kind of knows when you're coming along for the ride. Like Louisville basketball is going to come first. Having said that, he's building a monster at UConn. I don't think he has any. He's a Northeast guy at heart. Yeah, he's got no plans to leave anytime and soon. Painter's probably one of of, of a, a few handful left of guys that are probably going to end up ending their career at their alma mater in Purdue after like forty years. It certainly sounds like, like it. You, we don't we don't see those anymore. Those are the guys that we grew up with in like the eighties and nineties. I think the only way we don't that, see that anymore. The only way that Painter leaves Purdue is if it winds up being a. A Jamie Dixon situation, which is ironic because he left for his alma mater, but where say, like, yeah. like he's been successful for a long time, but like they keep falling short of Final Fours, and they and Purdue just like gets so upset with him that they, they don't want to fire him, but there's so much annoying pressure that he's like, all right, you, you don't really want me here, I'm gonna go somewhere else. I don't think that's going to happen. They seem to be it seems to be a good marriage, especially for the time being. But uh, you, I, you I never think, know. If that situation occurs, I think that leads to more of a his retirement and his going somewhere else. Maybe. I mean, he's not that old. True. And he's been there, what, almost 20 years, hasn't he? It's been a long time. I mean, I want to say, he didn't he get hired there during Robbie Hummel's 17th season? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Painter is, he's only 53. God, and he's been, I mean, I swear. He's been there since 2005. So he's been there, yeah, eight, he was young, man. Because he, he took over for Katie, uh, Gene Katie, right? Do they Katie have somebody in between? I don't think so, right? Did Katie coach that long? I thought he, I don't remember them being anybody in between. I can't remember, but he's can, been there since you know his his no he his took 30s. over yeah Katie went uh, in twenty four oh four oh five Katie went seven and twenty one and Painter took over wow I, so I guess so because I know Painter was at Southern Illinois so I guess they brought him over for the one year to be a Purdue assistant knowing that Katie was going to retire and oh, that Painter was going to take over Southern Illinois I forgot that yeah so that, that makes in more one sense. year yeah I forgot about that he's yeah and look that's this is the job that he wanted it's the job that he's had yeah. he's 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 made them better we'll see what happens there. but I mean you know if they fall short again this year. Where a lot of people think they're the the first, second, third best team in college basketball, and they have a couple of seasons like where they're just not whatever. Maybe he gets people get annoyed that he hasn't taken them to a Final Four, and they start putting pressure on him. He gets annoyed back and goes somewhere else. But that's really the only scenario where I think he would leave for Purdue for for any sort of job, even one like Louisville. He said one losing season his first year only. He's wildly oh, no, consistent. Oh no, two. I'm sorry. I saw he did have. He went six and eighteen one year a couple of years. He's incredibly consistent. Yeah, for sure. Insane. Which is tough to do at a place like Purdue's like a, a great program, but it's not. You know, top six, top seven. No, it's not. It's, it's, it doesn't have a lot of unfortunate accolades to go along. Purdue is ba- is a basketball equivalent of like what Arkansas is in football, or like South Carolina is in football. Like they 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 have the they have the own they 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 think they're they're up there, but they still they don't have the resume to kind of back it up. Hmm. 
I'm trying to think if that's if, if I, I mean, agree with that. Because South Carolina, I mean, they've got the fan support. They they are 100. Now Purdue, I mean, Purdue's won like a ton of Big Ten championships. Well, South Carolina's probably won some regular season stuff. Too. Have they though? Arkansas, I know at least won the, the Southwestern Conference a couple times, but neither one have ever like really sniffed a national title. Yeah. When's the closest Purdue's come to a national title? What 1980 when with Lee Rose in the Final Four? They, that wasn't even Katie. That was like in Lee Rose. Well, I mean, they went to the national title game in '69. Yeah, they went to the Final Four in '80. Lost, lost. That was the Lou Alcindor in UCLA. So they've been close. And that was 1969. Yeah, but they've been there. <laughs> I mean, South okay. Carolina. Where, where? How close have they ever come? I mean, maybe in the '60s they did something. I don't remember. They probably claimed a title maybe back then. Well, Purdue also claims like a 1920s championship in <laughs> college basketball. <laughs> South, and, 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 and the home of uh, John Wooden. All, uh, Clemson, South Carolina. Maybe there's a better scenario. But South Carolina won an ACC championship in 1969 as well. There you go. They went 7-4 and four overall, but 6-0 and oh in the ACC. I mean, maybe you can find a better example. That's just what I see. Is it's a program that has always been good, has a strong fan base, but yet it just feels like when you look at their track record, they just don't. They they don't have it to back it up like they like they like they want to like we we can back it up we've got three national titles it's Suck tough it. to compare football to basketball too because the, the basketball is so postseason heavy right like like you know you can win all like they've got they've got like thirty conference championships and we're like well they've been to two final fours they suck like you know it's whereas with football it's if you win that many conference championships you're you're incredible like it's it's a regular season sport by and large it's just it's so different it is but so, so it's. But I would say but I see what your point is. But like, South Carolina going like you know winning ten games multiple times was also. I mean that's like in that kind of going like the lead eight maybe. Yeah, for sure. Okay. You know they played in the SEC title game in, in what that was twenty ten where they got just walloped by Auburn. Probably. I think that's the only time they've ever played in that game, but it was a big deal for them. Oh, they've only been doing that title game since what ninety two or whatever. So. Texas says Trevor on no planet are the Eagles on par with the Niners. You owe your Super Bowl appearances uh, to two hurt quarterbacks last year. Uh oh. Okay. Uh oh. Well, not my fault that they they can't stay healthy, and we'll knock them out again this year. No retort. You're not really you're not really denying that that's true. I mean, the fact is is that we whooped them when it mattered last year. You won a regular season game. When, who, who gets the who get, who gets more on that? They're saying best defense in the history of football. Eagles. That's pretty good. I agree, but I wouldn't say the best. And they in just football. gave up like 41 points in back to back weeks. I mean, didn't 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 the San Francisco give up like 30 points to, to Minnesota and lose? No, they did. Also Minnesota. They haven't given up more than 14 all year. No, that's not true. I know it's not. I'm just trying to get you wrong. <laughs> it's not. I got to take that bet. <laughs> Texture says, Karan Davis theory of the day. Here we go. Oh. Davis saved Payne's life, but during the rescue, Payne was knocked unconscious. When he woke up, he had no idea who Davis was, and Davis told him that he was his newest basketball signee, and Kenny just went with it because why not? <laughs> I like that one. They need to make a movie out of Karan Davis's life. We're already doing the podcast. I think this podcast can become a movie. We could, we could, we, well, we'd sell the, the screenplay. These are the Quran files. <laughs> I mean, it has to be better than the bank shot Hank Gather story. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> what makes me so mad? Because this is a movie like you could, you could do a good movie about his life. And all the best we have is a TV movie where Bo Campbell talks about going to Kentucky. He does. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what a better name for the podcast. What's in the Karan Davis story? Catching Karan. <laughs> a 10-part series from Big X Studios. I'm your host, Mike Rutherford. I have to get a pod. You have to do a podcast voice. You have to talk differently. Do, 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 I, do I have a podcast voice? Give me your podcast voice. 
This is Trevor Kelsey. Very good. Talking to you right now about catching Quran. It was Saturday, September 12th. It was a warm Tuesday. It was a warm day in Louisville, <laughs> Kentucky. There was rumors of a fight, but not yet. Speculation only. Kenny Payne in a press conference would tell you that it's not about Quran Payne. It's about Kenny Payne. And Kenny Payne does not have any answers. But we will. Stay with us here for the next 10 episodes. One hour each. Speaking of answers, your answer for dinner tonight, <laughs> Hello Fresh. Trevor loves home-cooked meals, never door dashes. I like your podcast voice a lot. We can put you in the, in the commercial in the middle. Well, you have to. That's, that's every podcast. Before we get to that, though, let's talk about... Uh, we got that's, 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 <laughs> wipes for men. <laughs> yeah, dude wipes. Dude wipes. Texture says, I'm really not ready to watch the UK basketball game. 5,000 UK fans, a few cards, our court, blowout loss. I'm not sure I can watch. I, I, I thought last Did you ever think last year would be you would be any less excited for a UK UFL basketball game than, no. th- than last year? And I think this year may top that. I wrote this today in the the thing on Car Chronicle where I was like, you know, this time of year it's always been the weeks leading up to Christmas. It's you know, obviously all the, the Christmas stuff that comes with the holidays, and you, you think about that. But there's like the Kentucky game is always in the back of your mind, right? Well, of course, yeah. Like you're always, you know, we're paying attention to them. They're paying attention to us. Yeah. We're doing the thing where it's like we're matching up our starting fives. You know, the, the home crowd at the last game before we play Kentucky always typically chance beat UK in the closing minute uh, because we're usually ahead by a lot. And you, it's that that terrible, wonderful mix of emotions of just hatred and anxiousness and excitement and disdain and all this stuff. And this year, like last year, I, I feel like nothing. I, I there's you know it, it, there's usually this like internal clock where I'm like eight days until the UK game or five days until the, I'm like yeah I forget it's the 21st this year you know whatever like we're probably gonna, like, even if we won the game this year. I would be obviously excited and it would be very, but it'd be more funny than it would be like enthusiasm. I wouldn't have any great hope for the rest of the season or the Kenny Payne era. It would just be like, haha, I can't believe they actually did this. How the hell did we lose to Paul when this is the case with this team? Like, it's just, you're, you're right. Like, I, I don't feel anything thinking about this game. And that's, I never thought, never, never, never thought I would get to that point. I mean, I guess, I mean, and there's been seasons, I guess, where, you know, we weren't expected to win, but yet I was still, you know, excited for the opportunity, the chance Same. in the game. Same. And I mean, maybe. Some of those the our our worst our worst matchups maybe were in the nineties when Trevor was a little more wet behind the ear and, and more naive, which is probably a better thing. They and but we ended up getting upset yeah. in ninety eight and we got the upset in ninety six and you know, I mean it just You still got excited for the game. Yeah. And, and even and, and throughout and I during the Patino era, I guess even when we were the lesser team with Patino as a coach, I always in the back of your mind you thought you you had a chance in any matchup. I mean, it's just again, it's where it comes down to coaching, and we've talked about it earlier when we break it. You know, talk about football recruiting, and you know whether we we think Shuck is going to be a good guy or not. We trust Brom. You know, we we have belief and trust in Brom, and you know maybe he's going to swing and a miss. It's going to happen. It, it, no one's perfect, but in the long run, we believe it's going to be all hunky dory. I just it's same with Patino when Patino was here. We, we had a team that maybe wasn't the most talented going into a game. It's Patino coaching. Anything can happen. Mac, maybe not as much, but there's still a little bit of belief. I have none. I have no faith at all. 
I, I am I'm a basketball atheist when it comes to Kenny Payne and my trust in him. I mean, to be opinion. fair, we did beat UK with Mac here once, and, and we, we took did to overtime in Rupp in a game we should have won the yes. last time we were like 2019, the, the COVID year. Uh, I mean, it's just it's not just the UK game either. Like, like I, the thing that I keep going back to is because I'm past being like throwing stuff angry, and I don't I don't rant anymore. Don't let anybody tell you that I do. No, you don't. I I just I get sad when I think about. The void of the months ahead. It's the big thing that I'm. I think we all kind of have to come to terms with. It. Football's been such a welcome distraction because we've been so good, and you know, it's just like let's talk about football. We'll we'll watch basketball when it happens, but football, football, football. And now, and the lesser sports can do it to a degree. But sure, it's, it's usually on like the day of or the day right before. It's doesn't have the same. No, no disrespect to the other sports, but you know, with the regular season being over for football, and the only thing remaining being. I'm excited about the game, but still, it's a, it's a tier two bowl game where it's as much about who's not playing and who is playing, and next year as it is about like a celebration of the season. Like, I think we're now all being fa- forced to face head on the reality of the situation with men's basketball, which is we're going to be sitting here spinning our wheels for the next three or four months, just kind of waiting for what's next. Like, there's 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 no hope for. Hey, they can get things right. Maybe they could upset Kentucky. Maybe they can be good enough in the like our wildest dreams right now for the the three months that we're going to play in twenty twenty four is that maybe we're competitive enough to be like five hundred. Like nobody's talking about NCAA tournament anymore. Nobody's talking about. I mean, our net ranking is two sixty five or whatever the hell it is right now. Like we're we're such a joke nationally. We're so, we've become such a punchline. It like. To, to not have any hope for a second straight year, we've never done this. We've had bad years, but even in those bad years, when the calendar flips to the new year, there's at least hope that we can go on a big run in conference play, or at the very least, we could be a bubble team, or maybe even if we're not a bubble team, we could win the conference tournament. There's just nothing. And like, it's difficult when Louisville men's basketball, for the bulk of my life, the bulk of your life, the bulk of everybody listening's lives, has propped this city up. And carried us through those months in the winter where there's just not a lot else going on. There's not a lot to be like, like January and February and, and early March. They suck. And college basketball has been the thing that we've used to get us through that for as long as I've been around. And to not have that for, I mean, really a third straight year is just it's depressing as hell. And I think now we're kind of having to come to grips with that realization with football uh, winding to a close and not having any games to look forward to for another couple of weeks. It just, it, it sucks. And I mean, this is going to be, think about it. Like I had, I became a dad for the first time in September of 2019. We haven't played an NCAA tournament game since I've, I've had kids. Like, I feel like, like that's been a law, a big part of my life. Virginia's four now, John's two. She will at the very least be five the, the first time that she witnesses UofL play in an NCAA tournament game. It's been since 2019. Like I, I, We've all lived different lives since the last time that Louisville played in the NCAA <laughs> tournament. And it was pre-COVID, and now we're sitting here still waiting to watch this team hear its name called on Selection Sunday, and we know it's not going to be this year. And honestly, even if we do make a change and hire an exciting coach, there's a chance that it's not going to be next year either. Like it, It's just, it's all, it's tough to come to terms with. That's not a rant, right? Not a rant. I'm not ranting. I, I, talking about the it's last, a plea. Your loss of hope. It makes it that you remember, you remember the old Jesse Jackson slogan: "Up with hope, down with dope." No, you remember that was that was Jesse Jackson's like motto, like back in like the ninety early nineties. Was like up with hope, down with dope. I would love to be up with hope and dope. At this I, point. I was thinking our slogan could be "Send us the dope." We've got no hope. 
something, something stronger than that. <laughs> Texture says, especially remember the I always remember things because I think of uh, and Living Color like mocked it. You said that's always like when I remember that. Texture says, can we please stop spending so much time about what movies and TV shows Trevor watched the previous night? Literally, no one gives a bleep. That's that person's first text. Wow. Damn, Texer. What's the two two four? Try some dope and, and, and yeah, where's two two four? Eric, Chicago. Chicago. Is, uh, is, is that a DePaul fan? Probably. DePaul fan. He just want, that's, all he, that's the only reason. He, he just wants to hear us talk about the DePaul game more. People love Trevor's musings on, on movies. Yeah. It's half the reason they listen or, to the Or are you just, you just love Anne Hathaway? Is this Anne Hathaway's number? Because I called her the villain in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> She's listening. She's like, damn you. Adrian Griner was, was a bad boyfriend. <laughs> Texas taco soup, tortilla soup, white chicken chili, basically all the same thing. Are they, They're are they similar. Really? There's slight differences. I now, now chicken chili is the same as like uh, white. It's just uh, is white chili, right? Or is it? Yeah, yeah, white chicken chili. I used to get that at Panera Bread all the time. It's good. Yeah. Texas. Sometimes when Trevor goes on his rambles and gets real flustered, he sounds like Don Vito from Viva La Bam. He does. Who? I don't. I don't know who that is. You never watched Viva La Bam? It was terrible. Don't no. worry about it. Okay. <laughs> I hated Bam Margera. Is it a, Still kind of do. Is it a, is it a cartoon or? A- no, no, no. He was a guy on Jackass. Oh, who then got his own that. spinoff show, and his his uncle was like this oh. big fat guy who like would get real frustrated. He would, was like stammering every time. Mm. Like Bam, Bam was doing something crazy around the house, and like you know, his dad, his dad would go crazy, and his uncle would would just go weird. His does, uncle, not shockingly, turned out to be a real creep. Does it, is it odd to you that I never got into the jackass phase? Yes, you strike me as a jackass guy. Like there was, there, you strike me as a primate jackass. <laughs> That's why I need the dope. Uh, I I, there, I can't remember what it was. There was like a there was whatever Jackass ripped off. There was something they ripped off that was already popular that would do like skits like that. I remember there was some DVDs of those that I liked. Me being the Jackass hipster, I guess I am. But uh, but when by the time Jackass came around, it was kind of like to me it was I don't know, it was like watching the ridiculous version of Tosh 2.0. Like it was kind of felt like a ripoff. I didn't even get into it. My buddy Craig does have the best I think name for. Our podcast. What what we got? Card Chronicles. <laughs> I like that. Actually. That's brilliant. Yeah, the Quran Chronicles. The Quran Chronicles. Yeah. yeah, I like, I like that. Card Chronicles. Yeah, yeah it's, it's good. So you're well, welcome to the Card Chronicles. When we come back, <laughs> I love your podcast. I think you should use the podcast voice all the time. You sound sound good. <laughs> brought, brought to you by Electric. Sometimes when I see a car Electric, <laughs> sometimes when I see a Quran Chronicles <laughs> podcast on a player, I smile a little bit. Because I know they're listening to the best. It kind of makes me smile. Because <laughs> I know Quran's in Louisville. <laughs> or somewhere. We'll find out. This is episode three. <laughs> Juco. Uh, we'll take a break. When we come back, more for you on the Thornton's text line. 502-414-1450. It's the Mike Rutherford Show. Here on 1450 The Big X. This one pains me a little bit now. To throw back to a, uh, oh, I hear a better Peter time. Good Peter Dinklage. All I hear is Wagner, DJ Wagner. I'm sure, yeah. This is our song. It's like got us through the summer last year. It did. By the way, the DJ Wagner prophecy of him dropping a bunch of points on us and, and Milton 
Kenny Payne bro-hugging him at the Yum Center. The the most unrealistic part about that now has become that DJ is not playing that well for UK, and he's like not their one of their like three or four best players. I still think it could definitely happen. The I mean, if it does, well, we, he's injured though, isn't he? Is he? I thought I he was, was banged up. Well, I mean, it, it, it changes nothing. If he comes back, as long as he's able to like walk in the Louisville game, there's a possibility of him scoring 30 points in that game. And we know that Kenny doesn't matter how bad it gets here; he's going to smile in that handshake line. So, yeah, th- th- that. That vision has a very real possibility of coming true in about nine days. I don't understand how somebody be so happy being so bad. I don't either. I just saw this during the so I was totally unaware of this, and I I realized that even bringing this up runs the risk of derailing the show. But have you seen? <laughs> I love it. Yes. Yeah. Attack him, Texas. Have you seen that? That do you remember when Donald Trump put out the the digital cards of himself like a couple of years ago? No, I don't remember that. He sold cards. They're like always like, like Trump as a cowboy. Trump as like an astronaut. Like, <laughs> and it was like when NFTs were a big thing, and they sold them, and okay. people people bought those. Well, now he just came out with the. I watched the video during the break. The Donald Trump new collect cards, collectible cards, the mugshot edition. Nice. With they have physical cards now that you can buy. <clears throat> the whole thing is very funny, but it made me think. Hit, hit the cough button real quick. Okay. This is this is not like a. This should make. I think this appeals to both sides of the aisle. I saw a tweet about this, and it, it was completely true. Is it a little bit shocking how much the Trump mugshot just kind of like failed as a big internet meme? Like both sides tried to make it a big thing. Like conservatives would would make their profile picture Donald Trump as like a like this is yeah f you for some reason. Like liberals would try to use it as like the like as if it was like one of the most embarrassing celebrity. Mo- and it just kind of was like yeah, it's it, not even like a, like this is a a former U.S. president. Who is going to be one of the candidates for president again in nine months, eleven months? Who had a mugshot, and it's not even like a top one hundred meme on the internet. Yeah, it's like a yeah. I mean, I, it's crazy. I, I'm almost had to like Google because I can't remember like what it really like really looked like. I mean, he doesn't look like that crazy, but he doesn't no. look like he's not like smiling. Like, like it, it wasn't like the James Brown mugshot. Like that was a good mugshot. Yeah, I mean, it's not. It's it's not even a top ten celebrity mugshot. No, and he was president. Yeah, it's a good. Yeah, I never. I mean, and in a day and age when everything's turned into a meme as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm surprised. You're right. I'm surprised that it hasn't really. It just didn't pop the way that yeah. everyone assumed it was going to pop. I mean, if you said like any president in history is going to have a mugshot, you would think like that that picture is going to be everywhere for all from now until eternity. And it just kind of was like after a couple of days, people were like, yeah, <laughs> he might be president again. <laughs> Guy's mugshot out there. Nobody cares. I mean, to be fair, he has done probably more embarrassing pictures than that without a mugshot, but still, I mean. It's, it's, a, it's a wild thing. Just didn't didn't take off the way that you would have expected it to. Now, do you blame the, the Democrats for that, for not like doing their, their proper meme work? I don't know who to blame, honestly. I, I think, mean, the Republicans, you can't blame them. They don't want it to be a meme. They, they want it to be serious. I yeah, mean, but they kind of like try to do the thing where it was like, we're making the thing that's bad our own, so like it's good. Like they, like a bunch of them like used it as their made it their Twitter avatars. Swerve into the the skin. Yeah, but like and the reality was, I mean, I guess Trump's decision to kind of go with like the not smiling sort of scowl face. It's a little bit off center. Like it, it worked. Like you want minimal impact if you're Donald Trump, and it, I, it worked out. I mean, honestly, just Google. I can't tell which one's a mugshot, and which one's him leaving his office. It's it's, it's just kind of like yeah, it's, it's a whatever picture. <laughs> yeah, wild times, Trevor. Wild times that we live in. I'd forgotten about that. Speaking of wild times, before we get back to the text line, how about this couple that I just saw I had no idea existed? How did you know that Kevin Costner and Jewel are dating? What? Yes. What? Hold on. This what? romance is fresh, but not brand new. This one actually is almost as baffling to me as as, as Bill Murray dating the uh, milkshake girl, which apparently wasn't <laughs> true, but maybe was true. 
Oh, really? Bill Murray and Khalees. That wasn't true. That one took my entire ten. Like I spent an entire day on that. <laughs> I mean, that relationship. Uh well, Kevin Costner. He, he has to be like thirty years a senior, right? No. How does he compare to Jewel? Guess Kevin Costner's age. Sixty-eight. Sixty-eight is exactly right. Okay. Guess Jewel's age. Forty-one. Forty-nine. Wow. Okay, I didn't think still so. almost twenty years. I mean, I, that, of course. And then again, you're so much surprising. Travis said thirty years. That's twenty-seven. But you guys, <laughs> you can have your Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. I'm all about the Jewel Costner relationship. That's just a weird like the cost Newell. I don't know. Also, to me, I, it's like nothing against Jewel, but like I would think Kevin Costner could do a little better, right? I was gonna think Jewel could do a little better. Really, Jewel? She's got like the same smile as me. Like it's. I don't know. If that's really a good thing. I don't think she does. Yeah, her teeth are kind of like you know, like like Spice Girls, like going all in different directions and different colors and everything. Summer teeth, summer teeth, <laughs> summer over here, summer there. Let's go back to the text line. I mean, does Costner look that bad? Like, there were rumors of a Costner Reese Witherspoon, which is that's him out kicking his covers. But that, I mean, not that to was mention, not true. he's still doing he's doing Yellowstone, right? Yeah, I think so. Like he should be like like rolling in it. All right, let's get back like to the should, text line. He should have Victoria's Secret model right We have now. a limited window to do things like this. Let's, okay. let's go back. Right. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. Didn't remind you earlier. I will remind you now. Download that refreshing rewards app from Thornton's. It'll save you money at the pump or inside anytime you stop into one of these areas. 45,722 Thornton's locations. Do that and then text us at 502-414-1450. Text us, I haven't watched a single minute of Cards basketball this season. I have no emotional investment in anything other than the Cardinal bird on the jersey. I don't want to remember that this season even existed. <laughs> Besides that, though. <laughs> uh, I, I I have I still watch. I mean, I can't. I but, I, but I don't judge people who don't. I'll be honest with you, though. With the, like, the DePaul game and the Vautek game. Like I'm not like I had I had it on and I was but I was I would find myself like looking on doing stuff online during the game something I've never done in the past it's, it, it is it's like, different for in, sure in the yeah, in in past days including last year for the most part like I'm watching a game I'm watching the game like I'm 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 on a, I'm breaking it down in my head I'm watching you know I'm trying to watch off ball on ball I'm I'm, I'm concentrating on this game it's not as much yeah I mean this, I'm the same this year it's like I'm I've got to the Paul game on. But it's on mute because I'm I'm listening to IU game because I was working it. But even if I wasn't, I might have been. I mean, I'm not at the point where I'm putting the game on my laptop and playing a video game while I'm watching. I'm not that bad yet. But damn, I mean, we're not far from it. For my entire life up until now, like like everything has stopped for for Louisville basketball. Yes. Like you know, if we have something else going on, like we have to postpone it. Like fooling around, got it, can't do it. Like cards are on. Like that's the, that's the way it works. Other sporting event, no. And two Sundays ago, when the Lions are playing, like a the Saints are coming back on them. It's late in the fourth quarter. Lions are trying to hold them off. Like for the first time, I just I forgot that like Louisville was tipping off at four. I'd set yeah. everything up on the website to, to be ready to go, but I look down and it's like four oh seven. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I'll flip it on after the uh, see if the Lions win. That's never like I've never had that mindset in my entire. And I'm like you, like I'm watching the games and I'm kind of but like. When you know there's so little at stake, like I mean, you know at this point, like they're not going to turn it around. You know we're not playing for an NCAA tournament. You know that, like, it's not like, hey, if we lose this game, our net ranking really might plummet. Like, like we know where we are. We're in hell. And the sad part is, if we win, it's, it's not going to like change really anything immediately. Anyway. Exactly. I mean, I mean, if we beat New, if we beat Arkansas State tomorrow, it hits the Mike Rutherford guarantee. That's pretty much the only thing that it does. Like, but it's, you know, it, it's just still not short of my ACT bar though. The AST feels pretty safe at this point. I think. <laughs> Shall at least give me nice, give him the math where I got thirteen or something. I mean, Four, no, 14's the line. Okay, 
think it was a good line. I just I'm not as convinced as I was before the season that we're gonna we're we're gonna get there and make it interesting. Texas thoughts on Tyler Shuck and the Ivy League offensive linemen. Also, any other big names you're hearing that you're excited about? Um, I'm excited. This is your first text, Texter. Yeah, welcome aboard the text. Yeah, line. I'm like the person who made I'm like uh, you know Ann Hathaway's burner phone that mocked me earlier. I mean, I think Jonathan Mendoza, the 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 Yale Ivy League offensive lineman, he seems to he's a big kid, all Ivy League. Um, we've seen these guys make this a uh, pretty seamless transition from the FCS level to the high FBS level before. I mean, whether he's a, a starter or a a guy who's back up, like you need to you need to to get offensive linemen in bulk. Cop button. <clears throat> there you go. You're good. Thank you. You you need to have depth at those positions in the trenches. I agree. We've seen that. We, I mean, we had a couple guys get hurt this year. We still got pretty lucky in, in terms of our offensive line staying healthy for most of the year. A lot of the guys just just played hurt. In an ideal world, you would have loved to have like rested Brian Hudson for a couple of weeks if you had a capable backup, but we didn't, and just that, that's the way that it goes. So bringing him in, I, th- I think, is a good thing. As far as like other names that are out there in the portal, I feel like I've mentioned a few in the last couple of weeks. That, that, I mean, that you hear a lot as far as like guys who are legitimate. I mean, the kid from Tennessee that was in in the portal, uh, the, the defensive lineman. I whose name I'm trying to remember. Tyler Barron. We recruited him out of high school. He is is one of the bigger names that's out there. He's going to require a hefty price. I do think that we're going to get involved there. I think it's just going to come down to whether or not we have the money. Um, I think they're still looking at some quarterback options out there. I'm not, I'm not 100 percent sure they're going to bring somebody in, but I do think they're weighing options, they, they, seeing if they can be a player with somebody, maybe get a discount price on one of the bigger names Grayson out there. McCall. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I have not I heard he's going to go to North Carolina, maybe right? I yeah, I haven't know. heard that name as far as being on Louisville's radar, but I think that they're still shopping around. And then we, you know, mentioned the three guys that are visiting today. That the Ball State tight end who was here yesterday. There's, yeah, I mean. I think it's that they're, they're like one of the, like the, the the number one like quarterback in D two is transferring up, kind of like in Austin Reed uh, Bailey Zappi style. I mean, they should at this point. Like a yeah. lot of we're seeing in basketball too. We're seeing like the, the best players at the D two level can be pretty damn good at the D one level in both football and basketball. I think that that's what we're that's what we've figured out. One of the things that we've learned in the transfer portal era is I mean, that there's been some pretty good D two players in the history of football. Yeah, talent translates. Yeah, a lot, a lot of wide receiver maybe, but yeah, and you know, quarterback. There, yeah, yeah. Texas, I still have my talk boy. It was pretty <laughs> underwhelming for me even as a kid. Once you get past the coolness of having a toy from a movie, you realize that it's just a tape recorder. Yeah, I learned how to I say a, one thing backwards, and that was it. And it was just like, I was like, oh, this is kind of lame. And I had a tape recorder, too, that I used to use all the time. I loved having a tape recorder. It, it said property of Norton's on Montreal, because my, my grandmother took it when she went to retire. You know what's funny? I still have that tape recorder. I would love to. I, I would do, like, fake sports radio shows on, oh, on tape recorders I, I did back the in the same day. thing i did the radio shows that there's a there's a there's some the unhidden uh secrets of uh trevor song writing on there yeah which i don't want anybody to ever hear in fact if i ever found it i'd burn that tape yeah Texas, since kenny Payne is not doing media this week do you think the next step is for him to send out apology videos like michael scott on the office where he refuses <laughs> to take any responsibility you have 30 minutes to respond um yeah, I mean, I, Kenny Payne does kind of get. There are some Michael Scott moments where he just he starts talking, and you feel like he had no idea where he was going. Like I, I do wait for him to be like, I can relate. Yeah, like I knew exactly what I was supposed to do, but in a much larger sense, I had no idea what I was supposed to do. Like, like that's, that's how it sounds every time he talks. He just he talks in circles. He says things that that contradict themselves in the same exact answer, 
it's all these just hollow phrases that we just keep hearing. I mean, you got to learn to play off the front of the jersey. I heard him last night on the radio show with Paul talking about how, like, you know, Larry Brown calls him four or five times a week, which, you know, hundreds of calls from Larry Brown a week. And Larry Brown was saying, Does Larry Brown know he's calling him? I don't know. But Larry Brown was like, he watches all of our games and he says, the last thing you guys are competing, the last thing is to get them to play for one another and not themselves. I'm like, did he really say that? Because that's, it sounds like somebody who's not actually watching the games and who's just giving you sort of a roundabout advice that could apply to any situation. Kenny, I'm calling BS on this story, buddy. I, I'm someone who has been a very avid Larry Brown fan since he was 14 years old and has followed Larry Brown's career very, very closely since then. Is a huge supporter of his. The guy's a perfectionist. There's no way he watches a Louisville game and doesn't want to just drink or just jump out of a window. You know what else? There's no way. I, there's no way Larry Brown watches a Louisville game and has any other thought other than I could coach this team better asleep. I'm starting to think that dozens of NBA scouts didn't come to our practice and say that we were going to be the most disciplined team in college basketball. I don't think there's a part of me that thinks that that story wasn't entirely true. I mean, Kenny Payne, when you compare him to Michael Scott then it's like we're the kids that he promised to send to college if we graduated high school. But instead Scott's thoughts. But Scott's thoughts. But instead we got charging batteries. That's what Kenny Payne has done to us. <laughs> and then Kenny Payne's like talking to the camera, he's like, Well, all the empty promises I gave. This is by far the worst. I don't think we're making things have gotten so bad on the court and, and the, the post game press conference quotes I think have taken taken uh. off to another level recently. Like we we brought this up sort of in passing yesterday. Nobody's paying any attention to the fact that we're just we're not recruiting. Like, like we're not. Yeah, doing, you're right. We're not doing anything. We've got one player committed for next year. Who is the TJ Robinson? Who's like a okay, yeah, he's, yeah. he's like three star kid who's like number one forty in his class. But we signed him like two years ago too. Yes, didn't we? yeah. I, like, I, mean, I think David Patchett signed him. I think he got him to I commit. Think you're not lying. I mean, you're being somewhat jokingly half true on that. Yeah. But we've like, like none of the kids that we have offers for that are still like we're technically on their list in the, the next class are supposed to pick us. Wow. We're not like like nobody's coming to campus on visits. Remember when he first got here? It was like AJ. It was AJ Johnson, or I think was that his name? And you, you had DJ Wagner. You had, you had uh, Bradshaw. There was, everybody. Elliot Cadeau. Was yeah, like we had names galore, which we swung and missed on every one of them. But at least the name, you're right, the names were out there. Like now, like I haven't heard, I, I don't fall recruiting, but I listen, you know, you I, you talk. There's and, no news. Yeah, you've never said a word. I mean, the, the guy who texted in yesterday who said, we he's, gonna, he's right, we had the Derek Smith shootout, which had some of the best high school players in yeah. the entire country in our backyard, and Nolan's the only coach that went. Like we just, we're, it's like. Cal was there. Because he had a guy he signed. And I would say he's doing the Brom thing where it's like he's just more focused on the portal. But we've heard him say he doesn't like the portal and doesn't want to use it that much you just, before. You kind of took what I was going to ask you. I was like, is that, is that the case? Is that we're like just going to focus on the transfer portal more? I mean, he's – he claim, You're right. He claims he doesn't want to use it. I don't know what his mindset is. I'm not going to pretend to know. He's never stated this outwardly. But every action from this coaching staff right now just screams like, we know we're going to get fired, yeah. so we're not doing anything. Like, like – and I don't, so I don't want to believe that that's the case. But like, it, show me other, like, like get, give me a, a recruit that's on campus. Like, tell me that you're at. Like, this was supposed to be your bread and butter. We're getting nobody. We're not even rumored to be getting anybody. I mean, when it's all said and done, said so the you know, this is the end of the Kenny Payne era at the end of this year. I mean, the top recruit's going to be the kid that ended up in a Flowers that played in Australia, right? Well, I mean, that's you, you talking about like who he brought it. Well, Dennis Evans, I think, will be. That's true. Yeah. 
who he, who gets two minutes to play every every game after he jumps ball and then sits the rest of the time. Well, I guess Flowers ended up being higher ranked than he was. Was he? So he would, yeah, I think he would be the, the Flowers would probably be the highest ranked recruit son. Yeah. Never played here. Well, that, that best recruit that never played here. <laughs> Texture says, I used to enjoy TK's music taste, but lately it's been horrible. Well, to, well, first of all, today is a, is a theme day, so, I mean, maybe give me a little bit of slack. I mean, what? Was there something recently you didn't like? I mean, be more, give, show an example. Yeah. Constructive criticism. Let's do it. Yeah, I, I want to know. Yeah, because I mean, I, I can I can go different genres. You know, Texas. I love the transfer portal theme music, but good lord, it is so damn loud. I have to scramble to turn the volume down before my eardrums get blown to smithereens. Well, ah, the smithereens. There's a band for you. Sorry, greatness gets loud sometimes. It's <laughs> I do yell it very loudly. Yeah. Texas, is Trevor being being this high on the Eagles like when he was high on us to beat UK the other year and got our ass oh. whooped? If so, I'm going to hammer the Eagles to get beat. This is a scootator. He just signed off his Texas scootator. scootator. <laughs> um, no, I'm very confident. I, I am worried with the turnovers. I, but, I mean, I, since week one, I, I, I felt like this offense looked like it took a step backwards, unfortunately, compared to last year. But. I still have I still trust the defense and I still trust the fact that I think we're just a better team than, than most people in terms of talent. When and all said and done, the cream rises to the top. You're gonna see the, the cream of a of a fourth grade boy. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> I can handle my sedatives. My maybe it's by far still my favorite uh, South uh, Sunny in Philadelphia episode. Next to Green Man when they do the trial for the Eagles. Texas, you skipped over my text yesterday, but a great drinking game that I played during the DePaul game was to take a shot every time Dickie Simpkins called BHH Brandon Huntley Hartfield. Uh, after the fifth mispronunciation, I was passed out on the couch and missed the whole second half. He did like nine times in a row. I think he called him it was like Hartfield, Hartfield. Now I'm glad. If I would known Dickie Simpson, Simpkins was on the call, I would have I would have muted it regardless. <laughs> the best part about the game was Dickie Simpkins was the, the analyst. Yes. And I remember he, watching him play. He sounded like he was asleep for most of the game. And the guy who was doing play-by-play, I mean, you thought it was like Warriors-Cavs Game 7. Like, like everything, he was like, he's like, another explosive play for the Blue Demons! I was like, good God, these are the two worst teams in Power Conference basketball. Uh, but I, I loved the enthusiasm. It was great. But then Dickie Simmons would be like, and the thing about Louisville is they just, you know, they, 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 you've got to rebound. You've got to rebound. I was like, get him, Dickie. You know what you're doing. Yeah, he was the former first-round pick. Did not know that. Where'd he go to school? No idea. Providence. Texas need to get another pass catcher in the portal. Thrash's injury showed the severe lack of depth. Would really like some traction soon, especially since Purdue transfer Burks committed to Oklahoma today. He okay. did. Well, uh, by the way, Texas said that, that uh, uh, what's-his-name had committed to Nebraska. That was not true. He was visiting Nebraska. Yeah, there were some reports court, that yeah. he was going, that he got a big offer. I think there were some crystal ball projections yesterday. Because I, I did check that right before we got off the air. Yeah, it's the same Texas just sent this text, actually. I just realized, yeah. yeah. And Ohio State, you know, the rumors about getting Riley Leonard, I still think he's leaning towards going to Notre Dame. But the the Burks kid, I think we could have got. I, I think Thrash, the reports of him potentially coming back, derailed that. Um, but we are, I mean, we've got JoJo Stone coming in as well as a freshman who I think could be good enough to get some initial reps. But we are going after some other guys in the portal. I agree with you, though. We When Jamari Thrash got hurt, the entire offense changed. Yeah, he was the only person that could get separation. Yeah, and, and he also was great after the catch. Like, he yeah. was he was terrific yards after the catch guy. And, look, we tried. Look, I think they tried to elevate Chris Bell a little bit. I think he's, like, Chris Bell, I, I keep saying it, like, he's got that Scott Long problem where, like, he looks great every now and then he just pops and then he just can't do it consistently in games. And Kevin Coleman was had some big moments, but was not 
the consistent, explosive player that we thought he was going to be coming into the year. So if Bell's that long, then who's the new comparing Goldman to? Um, I don't know who. Now. I mean, we wanted him to be Tutu Atwell. He hasn't been that so far. Um, I don't know who. I can't think of a, like a slot guy who just. He, I mean, he was he caught a pass in every game. Yeah. He just never had a a handful of like big games like we thought he was going to. The play against Miami was great, but we just didn't see the explosiveness the, the way that we thought he was going to. Uh, I tell you what, we, we take a break. It's fifty nine. Five o'clock hours up next. We have a couple of quick hitter stories to get to. Then we will make sure that we get to you guys on the Thornton Sex line. 502-414-1450. It's the Mike Rutherford Show. Five o'clock hour next here on fourteen fifty and ninety six one. The Big X. Five o'clock hour here, the Mike Rutherford Show. It's TV Tuesday with Trevor Kelsey playing TV theme songs here on the show. I don't, I don't know what this one is. Are you serious? No. I mean, even those who never watched the show, I think know the theme song of Sopranos. Oh, I had no idea this is the Sopranos theme song. Really? No clue. I thought it was like I've always thought it was just gonna be like some like Godfather wordless like. No, it's Alabama Orange Three, Brand. I think, or something. No, I had no, I had no idea. I've wow, never seen the Sopranos. Baffled me. That's like a blind spot of like pop culture knowledge. I, I hand up. Like I totally admit, I, I know. Like I don't even know very much about the Sopranos. Oh, I, know, I don't either. I didn't. I know I about the it. ending. Yeah. I, I know about like like the character's name is Tony Soprano. Yeah. I know my friends go crazy about some of the girls that get naked on the show. Like like that's yeah. The, the, I, I besides that, like I know nothing about the Sopranos. I always thought the daughter was really extremely hot. She's in the, you know, in my pants video. What's in my, I don't even know what the In My Pants video is. Oh, I blanked in my pants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know, no, I know who you're talking yeah, okay, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she was very odd. Yeah, she, and, uh, but I mean, and I never got into about the, the Crazy Graveyard Girl. That's like her favorite show of all time. Like she was obsessed with, she thought like uh, Gandolfini was like the greatest dude. I need to watch it at some point. I always say it whenever it comes I up. I will, but it's just, yeah, it's going to be. I right. mean, I've watched, I've seen like bits and pieces here and there among being over at somebody's house watching it. I think I tried to watch season one when I went to college and only rented DVDs and then have cable for like a year. Um, but it's never, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't, mob stuff one isn't my like, some people like love everything mob related. I don't like, I don't hate it. I just, it's got to be like a certain, I guess something good to grab my fancy and. Panels just never did it for me. I don't know why. Hmm. But I knew the song. I'm just more blown you didn't know the theme song. No, I had no idea. That kind of, I mean, that honestly surprises me. Yeah, I feel like I should at least know that, but I don't. Yeah, I, I, don't. I would think. I, I mean, don't, yeah. don't, don't know it. Five o'clock hour here, the Rutherford Show. 145096 won the big X. I'm sure I'll forget it by tomorrow. You probably <laughs> You want to start the five o'clock hour with a little bit of trivia time? Ooh, I love trivia. One of the cool things, I mean, college basketball has not had an undefeated national champion since Indiana in the 70s. Mm-hmm. 1976, right? Exactly. We have, we've come close a couple of times, most notably Kentucky recently. They didn't, they didn't do it. I don't know if you knew that. They didn't win the national title. Didn't nope, happen. Nope, they didn't do it. So a fun thing that everyone always looks out for is you know, the last remaining undefeated team. Well, where do we get there? Trivia time number one. Okay. 
How many undefeated teams do you think there are in college basketball right now? December 12th. Oh, man. Um, nine? Close. Seven. Okay. How many of them can you name? This is tough. Oh, oh I couldn't probably. Honestly, I, I don't think I could probably name one right now at this point. I could, I know Kansas has a loss. Yes. I know Purdue and UConn have lost. Yes. Um, I'm thinking Zag has lost. They have. Um, Louisville's lost. <laughs> we have taken a defeat. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, we sent him into a coughing fit. Oh, God. That was funny. Um, Arizona? Arizona, the number one team okay. in the country, is undefeated. They're number one right now? They are. Lord, I'm so behind right now. They play Purdue this week. It's going to be a good, Ooh, great game. It will be a good game. Um... You said UCLA struggling. You would see. I know. I, I I couldn't name you another one. Uh, Arizona is number one in the country. They are eight. No. Okay. I got one. Houston, number two oh, in the country, gosh, is ten or no. Yeah, yeah. I should have thought of Houston. Other undefeated teams, though, it gets a little bit tougher after those okay. those first two. Clemson. Wow. Brad Brown. This is a Brad Brown special, though. He's he's liable to go ten and ten in the ACC after this yeah, start. That's true. He does like hot starts and slow and cold finishes, doesn't he? They also they play at Memphis this weekend. That'll be a tough one for them. Yeah. Porter Moser in Oklahoma. Are undefeated at nine and zero. They'll play North Carolina next week. That'll be a tough game for them. A week from tomorrow. He was the hot name a few years ago. He's yeah. He took the job. He's kind of been underwhelming through the first couple of years, mm-hmm. but now he's he's, he's looking good. Okay. And then Chris Beard undefeated at Ole Miss. That shouldn't surprise me. They are nine and zero. They're looking good. They don't really play anybody tough the rest of this month. They could be they have solid chance. They could be the last undefeated team standing. Baylor, right back. I was big on them preseason. Yeah, they've yeah. looked very very good. I thought they were undervalued. They're nine and zero. And then the last team, how about this athletic program this year? James Madison is 9-0. Got the big win over Michigan State, who now, by the way, has a losing record. Uh, they are 9-0. They're looking good. So, Man, James Madison is putting it into the sports program, right? James Madison is Who's their basketball coach? Um, uh, Mark something. <laughs> I, I know the first name is Hope? Mark. No. <laughs> it's, oh, God. Should I know who this is? No, no, no. no. He, he's, a, he's been there for a few years. He was there. Uh, he came from Georgia Southern. God, I, I swear to God, I knew this. Mark something. Oh, he came man, from Georgia Southern. I, looked, I just looked it up. It's Bigington. That would, I did, didn't even B Y E I N G T O N. He's he, he had Mark right, though. He's poised for a raise after this year. I think that he's, he's done a great job. And then they haven't really beaten anybody good besides uh, Michigan State, but they've been impressive in beating all these nobodies. So. I mean, his tenure there, 13, 15, and last year, 22. I mean, he's. Clearly improving as they go along. Yeah, they, I mean, they were they were pretty good last year. They had a, a winning record, and in, in overall, they had won I think a decent amount in that. Um, uh, so not it's not SoCon the Sun Belt. Um, Jason Madison might have the most underrated list of co- Lou Campanelli and Lefty Drizel both coached. There. That's pretty impressive. That isn't go Dukes. Yeah, I mean, when you've had what like six coaches in your school history, which is what I'm looking at. And those are two of them. That's pretty impressive. Not bad at all. No, it's not. Are you are you on the bring Bing Bington home list? <laughs> bring Bington. <laughs> Is that your new account? Isn't it the family that owned the Courier Journal? Bingham. <laughs> yeah, the relationship there. I don't make know. it happen. I mean, we can get it to work. I know Bingham. Um, yeah, it's Bingham. Hey, uh, hey, it's April twenty second birthday. I like that. It's right close to mine. I don't know nothing about this guy. I'm just Googling him right now and learning. There you go. He's from Salem, West Virginia, by the way. Texture sent in a, a link to this. 
I, I, don't, I mean, this is a 2015 story from the Lexington Herald Leader where Kenny Payne is quoted as saying, it's a Herald Leader where it says, I'm a wildcat, Payne said before repeating himself, I'm a wildcat. I really liked the Kentucky program growing up. I was really close to signing with UK, but in the end, my parents felt that Wade would be more of a father figure. Payne was also put off by UK being in a coaching transition from Joby Hall to Eddie Sutton. A few years later, Payne served as host on Rex Chapman's recruiting visit to UofL. Payne said he encouraged Chapman to sign with Kentucky because UK's roster held much more promise for playing time in a starring role. Not a cool move. Jeez, that's terrible. Like, where, where is this from? The Lexington Herald Leader, a story in 2015 on Kenny Payne when he was at UK, talking about how he always liked UK more than U of L, and he was, he's a wildcat at heart, and he encouraged Rex Chapman on his visit to not go to U of L and to go to UK. The evidence is really mounting at this point that the Kentucky plant theory. I'm, I'm gonna go to one of those Reddit groups where it's like the conspiracy. Like, like this is the one that I'm gonna I'm gonna serve up. I'm so angry I can't even talk right now. That is, I've not heard that story. That, I've never been on my radar, but it's a real story. Actively encouraged Rex Chapman to not sign with U of L. Did Kenny Payne cost us Rex Chapman? That card kind of pisses me off a little bit. I mean, I mean yeah, he was a U of L player. Who yes. hosted, he, was, he was the host on his visit. No wonder he can't. He couldn't recruit as a player or as a coach. Apparently. It did kind of sound like I don't. Did you hear the interview? I don't even know who the the interviewees were, but Donovan Mitchell did a thing last week where um, it was like a nice in depth interview. There were several. I don't think we could play the clips because it was it's podcast and he, there, there's cussing involved. Probably, but he's talking about Rick Pitino at U of L, and he's like, you know, he's like, he's like, I, I underestimated the the level of crazy. He's like, I've played for crazy coaches before, but like this dude, he's like, he's like, basically, he's like. I was bleeping terrified the entire two years I was at U of L, and that's why I played so well. But he talked about how on his recruiting visit, he was hosted by Shaquan Aaron and Anton Gill, which this is not surprising considering both guys ended up transferring out of the program. Say, yeah. But he said both of them were like, he's like, he's like, you know, I mean, I'm getting all the attention from the fans. I'm going to the football games. They like, you know, they know my name. Like this is, he's like, you know, I was, I was he- kind of heavily recruited, but I wasn't getting on, on like the big programs. So this is like a huge deal for me. Like I'm feeling like I'm the king. This is great. And then, like, Anton Gill and Jaquan Aaron are like, are you sure you want to do this? <laughs> they're, like, they're like, this dude's uh, this dude's insane. And he's like, you know, I was like, eh, how bad could it really be? And then I get there, and I'm like, oh, my God. Uh, it's a different level. He talked about how Patino has the mic on. Like, you know, he, 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 like, sits on the perch outside of his office and watches from above. And like, he sees everything that's going on. And while it's crazy, and you can see the perspective, I was like, "Damn it, I miss it so much." Like, I, I, I want somebody who's who the players fear, who, who like, they, they, you know, they're like, "I'm playing so well because I'm terrified." Like, that's the way it's supposed to work. Sorry, it is. Well, yeah, because I mean, how often do you have the guys? He's a players' coach. He's a buddies' coach. Those are the guys that are always underachieve, right? Sure, seems like it. Not always. I mean, example. I mean, the, the biggest example, and I think now he's starting to underachieve is Dabo. Is he was the players' coach and he's buddy buddy. He doesn't really discipline, doesn't yell at people, all that stuff. Okay. But look, not working that well anymore. So it was kind of a flame out very quickly too. I mean, yeah, we well, a nice little five six year run, but back to back quarterbacks really. Just, I, that's the thing is like you know what does he yeah. what does he do without a generational quarterback? Yeah. The pain story is it, like I'm. I mean, you've got this story now where he's like saying in 2015, I'm a wildcat. Like, like you know, now he's kind of been doing the whole thing. Where like I'm, a, I'm a cardinal. I've been a cardinal, but he was singing a different tune when he was getting paid by UK. You've got him saying multiple times that he had to get begged to take this job, which I, again, yeah. I think multiple people with 
a more proven track record would have crawled across the country to take if it had been offered to them. And like, it just the stuff's just piling up. Like, this it just feels like a, a misstep on I'll be honest every place. This article just was is kind of the straw that breaks this camel's back over. Oh, now here. you're now you're anti Kenny Payne. I mean, no, it's no, I'm not anti Kenny Payne now. I was, I've been anti Kenny Payne. I know, I'm joking. Now, okay, good because I was like, <laughs> oh, he's finally upset about the state of the basketball it's always, program. It's always funny when you explain them. Um, I think, I no, I have been. There's no reason to get rid of him right away. Let's wait till the year. I screw it. Let's kick him to the curb now. This Rex I, I want, story from 2015. I want him, I want him to show up at the facilities tomorrow and his key not work. And just, just and then everybody just and he starts knocking the door, everybody turn the lights off. Just end it now. And he looks over and he, there's a box on on the curb with all his stuff in it. You're done. I'm done. This is ridiculous. He's ranting. We have breaking news on, from rant. the world of the uh, college football transfer portal. Uh, I'm the music again? No, it's no, all right. Okay. Tyler Van Dyke, once rumored to be heavily linked to Louisville, has yeah. made a commitment. Ooh. To Wisconsin. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I kind of just sound like, yeah, good luck. <laughs> really? <laughs> It'll be interesting. Well, now they Luke Pickles there now, so I mean, maybe it could change a little bit, but <laughs> maybe. <laughs> okay. Hey, best of luck to him. Yeah. <laughs> I did see also where uh, when you said on three earlier, I thought this is what you're referring to, maybe. Um, where I guess Trevor Ntn is going, maybe going to Georgia. Oh, really? I mean, just, just, jeez. That's yeah. <laughs> why he wouldn't just go pro. But I guess maybe he's maybe he's not a junior yet. I forget. Get a big deal. I, th- I think he. I think he could. I mean, then you know what? If you're him. if you're running back, why would you go pro? You're not going to go in the first round, probably, which means you're going to at best be a second round pick. You're gonna. There's, there's odds are you're. Almost any running back is going to probably make more money staying in college than they are going pro at this point. It's your, yeah, I think I think you're seeing a lot of running backs yeah. recognize that. I mean, if you're especially if you're a guy who's not going to like Jawar Jordan, the case for him staying at Louisville is a pretty easy one. Like, there's a very strong chance that you're not going to get drafted yeah. as, as good of a year as you had, and that you're not going to make a roster. And if you do, it's going to be a practice roster, and that's not going to pay a lot. Like, you would be probably better. Like, you're going to be the same position draft wise a year from now, in all likelihood. I mean, and you'll probably make more. There's a strong chance. I hate to say it. I hope I'm wrong. I would love to see him have a lengthy NFL career, but there's a strong chance that his most profitable year of football would be 2024 with Louisville. Oh yeah, and I think that's you. You don't want to say that outright, but like you kind of want to lay it out there in a way that makes him realize that this is a strong possibility. I mean, if your top, I mean, your top prospects coming out like your your Blake Corum, your uh, uh, your Henderson out of Ohio State, the kid, the 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 Benson dude out of Florida State, uh, you know, NTN Allen out of Wisconsin. I mean, these are all guys that are you know your top five, you know, probably pro prospect running backs coming in, and not one of them's looked at as being probably anything more than you know a mid second round pick. And, and that financially, yeah, it's just ridiculous. I mean, you're gonna, yeah. It's, I know. I guess there's the argument of, well, you know, you, the the you know, is the, the is, as wrestlers are called the bump count. You know, the 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 hit count as a running back, you gonna take so many, and maybe that's why you'd want to go pro right away. But I mean, if that's the case, then stay in college as long as you can and make the most money. Plus, it's college; you can have more fun. I think, unless you're at Wisconsin. I, I get distracted. The the video. The famous video from the North Carolina Kentucky Elite Eight game. Talking about the, the, the I think they're, they're at the two keys. Shot. 
Yeah, the the the, the, the Luke May shot. Yeah. Where the place goes, I think it's at two keys. Where the place goes nuts when the Kentucky gets the game tying three. Which was and the, Monk, right? I think. I think that's right. And then like, it just came across my timeline. I can't not watch it. It's just, it's the best video of all time. And am I projecting because my team programs? Yeah, but I would still love it anyway. The person that I feel the most sorry for, if you don't know the video that I'm talking about, go to at Great Day Tar Heel, just tweeted it out. There's one guy who's wearing like a, it's like a, I think it's like a baseball uniform or something. It's like a button up Kentucky shirt. And he like, he's got his hand in his, he's covering his eyes when the Kentucky shot goes in. And he's like trying to keep, he's like trying not to look because the shot goes in, everyone's celebrating. And it's his girlfriend, I guess, who like pulls his hands down, like makes him watch. And he looks up right as the Drake May shot goes in, <laughs> and it's, or the, the Luke May shot goes in. And I, that's the guy that I feel the most sorry for. It's a great video. It's incredible content. It's fantastic. I could watch it all day. This is all we have right now. This is all we have. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. We'll take some more texts from you. You guys have been blowing up the text line today. I yeah, appreciate I mean, it. we need to do all texts the rest of the way. Maybe. Let's do it. Texture says, uh, Leonard did officially commit to Notre Dame earlier today. There you go. Told did you it was going to happen. That? Yeah, told you it was going to happen. It happened. That was the one I was like, I was like, if I'm hearing this as inside it's news, like the worst case scenario, then I think, right? and then like, sure enough, like it came out that he hit the portal, and everyone's like, he's expected to go to Notre Dame. I was like, yeah, there it is. I I, I just heard it because apparently the Howard kid from Kansas State wanted to go there, and they told him like, we're gonna get Riley Leonard. And this is before Leonard was even in the portal. Yeah, six hours ago he announced it's uh, okay, dream come true. And nervous about John Daly trending. I got nervous for a second, but he's okay. Now this will. I mean, this apparently is, he was on Tucker Carlson. This now. is still pertinent to our interest because Riley Leonard. Is a quarterback that we will face this coming season. You know, we, second straight year where we will have played a guy uh, as a quarterback in the ACC, and then the very next year faced him as the quarterback for Notre Dame. Went pretty well for us last year. Hopefully, it can go pretty well for us again uh, as we play them in South Bend next season. That'll I'm be not, an early I'm game not, too. I'm not scared of Riley Leonard. I mean, he, we, we, I know he was hurt, but he didn't. I mean, he didn't do much against us. They didn't score a point, so nope. felt pretty good. Texas says, "Fair question, Mike. Can you call someone who is 24 a kid?" My thoughts with these transfer quarterbacks is I expect almost pro results for all that experience. Ooh, that's that's borderline to me. I mean, I mean that's twenty four is. Yeah, I mean, he'll, I think he'll end up being like twenty five because he's twenty four now. I think he may be twenty five like before next season ends. Well, he well he definitely will be if he's twenty four right now. I mean, that's that's yeah. twenty five is a man. Twenty four is a man. Yeah, you're pretty. Yeah, I I mean, I guess yeah, you're pretty. Yeah, you. You're kind of bad at excuses a little bit. I mean, you can still go- goopy stuff, but I mean, I say kid just in terms of like every kid that, that we have play for you, us. Because like, you think you think college, you think kids, exactly. Yeah. And you know, you, you know, when you talk about 21 year olds that have been in the NBA for three or four years, you don't you never really call them kids. You may say like, oh, he's just a kid, but when you're talking about him, you're like that. You, know, you say man most of the time, and these are are you know people who are three or four years older. So yeah, I mean, kid is just kind of it's it's a go to. It's semantics. At this yeah. point. I'm not putting a lot of thought into it. I don't know. It depends. On, I think it varies because at 24, I was probably a kid still. I mean, I was too. Yeah. I was very, mentally yeah. for sure. No, that's for damn sure. Yeah. Texas, more baseball free agent talk, please. Well, hey, Ben Lively <laughs> just signed a deal with the Cleveland Indians or the Guardians. He's uh, best of luck to him. <laughs> is that is that the the brother of the the actress, Blake? Yeah. No. <laughs> okay. He's the guy who pitched for the Reds this year. Did he? Not great. <laughs> not the best. Best of luck to him. That's the reason why Cleveland had the number one pick. <laughs> Texas, please don't be Chris Beard. I want to at least respect our coach. Yeah, I'm getting to the point where respect is low overrated. <laughs> I can stretch it. I'm not willing to stretch it for him. Uh, for Chris Beard, Beard I would. I want Chris Beard. I would love to have Chris Beard. Texas, Mike, were you a Yu-Gi-Oh person? 
considering I have no idea what that is. I don't even know if I should say that on the radio. Is he asking about DJ? No, that, that's not. We are, <laughs> what is? Let me make sure that I didn't just. It's a card trading game. It looks oh, like well, then in the, the lines. No. Of, yeah, I never. I never got into Pokemon cards. The only cards I ever dealt with were basketball and football cards. Anything you, else was always. I don't know. I, I never I, really traded cards. I looked down I had a ton on of sports kind of cards. I mean, and sports cards. I did, I did trade sports cards. I never really did. I did. I I was big into. The, I mean, from like eighty eight, eighty nine to ninety three, ninety four. Like I was, yeah, I loved. I was all into the card, cards, sports card stuff. Young Patrick Ryan, six uh, eighties finest, says Yu Gi Oh is like Pokemon but worse. Yeah, I never got into. I did yeah, I never got into all that stuff. The Pongs, I never did. I never could. Yeah, I, just, I got my buddy. He's a big. He's a big Dungeon Dragons guy. He used to just laugh at him. I'm like nerd. <laughs> it was never my thing. No, I don't I, judge. But never my thing. I did. He's younger Trevor judged, but older Trevor's same. Yeah, I mean, you like what you like. Whatever. Make, the older I get, the more I'm like, if it makes you happy, who cares? Yeah, go for exactly. it. Exactly. Same way. Texas. I think the unfortunate thing for Louisville is that many coaches are more willing to stay where they are at because with the NIL portal, you can basically win anywhere. So the whole idea that there are prestigious tier one jobs that all the coaches want is kind of a myth these days. Ah, uh, it doesn't when it comes to salary. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's too. We're we're still way too young in this new era to make sweeping conclusions like that. I mean, you can't tell me that let's say Shire continues to suck at Duke and that job yeah. opens up in two years. You can't say that like somebody who's, let's, let's say we use the example Porter Moser or Oklahoma, that he he's like, well, I can recruit just as well at Oklahoma as I can at Duke, so I'm just going to stick around. Like Porter Moser's taking the Duke job if they come calling for him nah, over staying at I OU. Would think so, yeah. And I think that there are other coaches. And, and you also, it's why I bring up the fact that Cronin, by all accounts, as much as he enjoys being the head coach at a program like UCLA and kind of gets that job in a way that some coaches there in the past haven't, is a Midwest guy. His family is all here. He loves horse racing. Uh, he's very close to his dad, who's getting very up there in age. Um, his girlfriend played basketball here. Oh, wait, wrong one. No, 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 but like, but like wrong stuff, coach. Sorry. I'm saying <laughs> my, my point is, in all seriousness, like stuff like that is going to matter more because the, the the point's not lost to me that transfer portal and NIL it does level the playing field to to a certain extent. Rick Pitino said that in that big article on ESPN when he's like at St. John's, like you can get the caliber player now that you can get at Kentucky. It's just it's it's about having the money, but I still think that certain factors like being close to family, being a, in, in a place in the country, being a coach of a fan base that's basketball first, like that stuff's going to matter as well when it comes to coaching. And it's why I think Louisville is still going to be, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm being naive, I think Louisville is still going to be a very attractive option for some bigger names that are out there. Plus, I mean, you got fan, I mean, some coaches, I mean, if you're in Oklahoma, you're not getting the same, you know, butt slapping for doing well as you would at Duke. That's what I'm saying. I mean, there's, it comes with different, you know, different scenarios. So I, yeah, I, I think there are, yeah, because coaches are as egotistical as anybody. So, oh, uh, I just got my payment for my fantasy regular season title. Feels good to already have it be a profitable year. Now, wish I'd gotten it before I bought all these Christmas presents. But I lost this week, which means I have been eliminated. Which means I have to give up the trophy and the belt. No, the belt's mine. The belt was. Oh, yeah, just, you just bought yourself a belt. Yeah, because <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you need to bring it in. We should have it in the studio. I, if you want, I'll bring it in. Yeah, that's fine. Um. But yeah, the trophy unfortunately is going to have to go back, which means someone will have another a year of looking at the picture that Ryan put of, of me on of my bastard. nipples. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, which I love. He tried to sell you the extras of that. Yeah, I was like, I give this to your listeners. It's like I think they'll pay us not to have them. <laughs> like, 
Like, who needs this? There's this statement, like, who needs friends when you have enemies or enemies, whatever. It's like this. Texas, would you want Porter Moser here? I mean, I wouldn't hate it. Uh, I mean, honestly, it's an upgrade. The sad thing is, like, when we're talking. Is he my top choice? No. Neither is Mick Cronin, but I would take Mick Cronin right now. We're talking about, like, you know, we debated the ins and the outs of all these, like, Tier one, tier two, two, tier three candidates in 2018, and again a couple of years ago. And now things have gotten so bad that all these guys that I would have been like, you know, five years ago, like, no, of course not. I'm like, yes, anybody. Like, it's better than what we've got right now. I just told you I would take Mick Cronin. <laughs> yeah, I mean, give me, yeah, give me Mike Zabo from Trinity. Right, Greg Willis from Bauer. Like, yeah, all these coaches are looking better than they were Coach five years ago. Love Greg. I coach dad, coach great Greg. family. Yeah. Cam's a great dad. Texas says, Davis uh, hasn't played because he is the devil on AEW attacking MGF. <laughs> That's good. I like that. You don't get that joke, but it's I, funny. I, I know who uh, – I, I know MJF is a person who wrestles on AEW. He is. I don't know the devil. Uh, that's the gimmick right now because that's his thing. He's, he calls himself the devil, and he had this mask he wore a couple years ago. Well, someone supposedly – he claims they stole the mask out of uh, mm. out of his uh, locker room, and they've been a, they've been the devil and several of his henchmen have been attacking MJF behind the scenes. I don't and, care for that, Trev. No, no, don't care for that at all. Uh, by the way, this person that person that takes that like months ago takes a picture of a sperm smoking a joint. And said, "Here's Trevor." Don't remember what that was in reference to. I don't. I'm sure it was in context. Texas, I'm trying to get free tickets to the U of L game tomorrow just to see if I can sit next to Karan Davis so I can take a selfie with him and send it to you guys. <laughs> Finding Karan's gonna be like the new Where's Waldo at, at the Yelp Center. <laughs> are we we are on TV tomorrow? Probably not. I mean, <laughs> I'm assuming it's ACC Network Extra. Are we on? Are we streaming again? We've had. Have, I mean, what have we had? Three games on television. Uh, I mean, we've we had the the two games in New York. Okay. The game DePaul uh, and De- De- Bellerman was, I think, regular ACC Network. Virginia Tech was ESPN two or whatever. Yeah, and DePaul and DePaul, was TV, so that's so, yeah, four, five. Who's the pit? Who's the Bellerman? Pit? The two games in New York, DePaul and Virginia Tech. But I thought Bellerman was on regular. TV. Yeah, it was on ACC Network. So just a little over half our games. <sighs> well, after these two, and though, after I, this, it'll be five and five. We'll, we'll have half our games on on internet. I I'm not a hundred percent sure if that's accurate. I, I'm assuming that Arkansas State's going to be on. The extra, <laughs> the extra, extra. Mm. Uh, it is on oh, regular AC Network. Okay, Anish Shroff and Tim Welsh. Tim Welsh. Tim Providence is finest. I was gonna say, I didn't know that name. Yeah, he was not a great coach. No, he was not. Uh, Saturday against Pepperdine, I got no idea what or Sunday, <laughs> what channel that game's gonna be on. No, they don't either. Who knows? Texas is the podcast name: The Adventures of Caronimo Stilton. <laughs> I feel like the the card chronicles or whatever. Card chronicles is, is good. Yeah. Texas, if someone gave you one thousand dollars and you had to bet on who next year's head coach is, who would you put the money on? Ooh, honestly, I'd probably my odds would probably lean towards like a Cronin. Maybe Cronin would be, I think, the betting favorite. Uh-huh. I'm going to say, and this is not inside info. I'm gonna say Nate Oates. Okay. I would, and I would. I think the fan base would be excited about that. A lot at of offense. Point, I think at this point the fan base is just going to be excited to have somebody. New. I mean, dude plays a fun style. He's brought in big time players in the portal and regular recruiting. He hasn't won at the you know the, he hasn't had the NCAA tournament success that you would like. Proven pedigree to to get a job at a place like Louisville. I think people would put that aside. He's he'd be a big name, big contract though. Texas likelihood that Scott Drew says yes. Likelihood that Kelvin Sampson says yes. Very low on both. Yeah, I, I do think that like there is a world. People who cover Kentucky have told me in the last year or so, 
everyone's like, oh, Billy Donovan may take the job whenever Cal steps down. They have, they think that Scott Drew might be the guy. Like they think that Scott Drew would leave for UK. And I know that his agent was kind of like, eh, like he might be interested in U of L a couple of years ago, and there was some initial contact, and and Josh definitely kicked the tires on him. And then he said thanks, but no thanks. Maybe he'd be more open to hearing about about it a couple of years later with no NCA stuff. I don't know. My my hunch is that no, and I think that Kelvin is pretty. Unless this year somehow just goes poorly, which I don't think it's going to, they're pretty damn good. Uh, I think that he's he feels like he's got a good thing going at Houston. I don't think neither or us or Kentucky has any chance of getting either of those two men as their coach. Well, I like that you're just contradicting like people who cover UK for a living. Yeah, well, those same people think that Marvin Harrison Jr. could be a Wildcat. That's not not it's not those people. <laughs> Texas, when I when I am upset about something, it helps me to remember that sometimes shuck happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go, Texas. Yeah. Nailed That's it. That's the T-shirt. Texas Bose just dropped an article about how Louisville can get to 500 to finish the season. Okay. Oh, I always thought Bose was a straight edge. Who knew? I mean, <laughs> yeah. We, we maybe we can get to 500. Is that where we are right now? In year two of a new head coach? Well, if we win tomorrow, we'll be 500. We will. But is he talking about then or the end of the season? <laughs> two more wins and we're above 500. If we beat if we beat 193 and 194 on Ken Palm at home this week, we're six and five. Baby. How much do you will be legitimately bet that we won't finish 500 in the season? I mean, I'm not betting you anything. I don't, I don't think. No, no, I'm not, I'm not. Hypothetically, I'm not actually make the bet. But like, if I was to come up to you and say you can put any amount that Louisville won't finish 500 at the end of the regular season in basketball, how much would you be willing to bet on that? That they will finish. That's the over under 500. What would you take? The under. How much would you willing to bet on it? I mean, not a whole lot. I mean, just to I can see them finishing 500, but I don't. I, I don't either. But I'd I think it's, it's possible. On that one, I wouldn't. I mean, well, you might. A lot of money on this to beat UK in football, so I don't feel good about that. Really, you got to bring that up. I'm man. sorry. Really, you jinxed us. I mean, seriously, second time in three years. Like of all the things you want, to, I'd rather you bring up Papa leaving me at two. <laughs> you remember when your dad ditched you and left after he got your mom? That's fine. We. Talk, I'd rather talk about that than the UL UK game. I'm sorry. Can we bring that up instead? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said. Okay. It. Thank you. Shouldn't have said it. My apologies. <laughs> Take a break. When we come back. We'll get through as many texts as we can. We'll talk about the. There's not a whole lot going on tonight in the world of sports, but a little bit of college basketball. We'll make some bets. It's the Mike Rutherford Show. Wraps up next here on 1450 The Big X. <laughs> I find myself. I don't know why I picture that when you say that. I find myself having that stuck in my head every now and then for some reason. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Final segment here of the Tuesday edition of the hey, Mike Rutherford Show. You got one show theme right. I, I nailed that one. You went one out of six. Well, no, I knew the. the I knew. I knew one of the other. We knew ones. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Yeah. So you were two. Yeah, two out of I guess two out of six. Yeah. Good enough to be the head basketball coach at Louisville right now. Oh. Hey. <laughs> 
for all that you, we've, we've talked to basketball has as it tends to do come up organically on the show even when we're trying not to the, the text line brings it there and you know it, this is going to be a thing for the next few months like, we're we're, we're going to keep getting the the same text and, and i agree like people are like at least we have L women's basketball to carry us through the the season and totally true like they've been a rock in an athletic program that's been ebbing and flowing with some of its major sports in recent years. They're number 18 in the country this year. It's great. I just w- I want to get to a year where we don't have to be like, at least we have the women's basketball program to carry us. Like I'm sick of saying it every single winter. It's true. Thank God they're carrying their weight, and I'm excited to watch them go through ACC play and maybe make um, a six-straight trip to the, the, the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. But it's just annoying to have to be like, We've got to focus on the women. At least we've got them because the men are just not within a thousand miles of being nationally relevant. It, it's uh, I'm beyond sick of it. I'm, 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 it's it's got to stop anytime soon. But as I said in the story on on, on Card Chronicle today, only one thing we can do now is just kind of sit here at rock bottom and wait for hopefully something good to happen in like three or four months. That's where we are. It's no fun. Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Let's get to it. we got a lot of text to get to and not a lot of time to, to make it happen. You've got Bro. 20 minutes to get your thoughts heard on today's show if you want to make it happen. Hit us up. Texas, Trevor not being a jackass fan is the most shocking thing that I've learned on the show. <laughs> By the way, you're turning of CKY. Oh, yeah. See, yeah, that was it. Yeah, that's who ripped him off. That's who they Thinking ripped. of CKY, I guess. CKY was I, – I, I was hanging out with this girl who had a had, – she's kind of a skater-type attitude, and, and she, had a, she had one of their videos – like it came out yeah you know, years before Jackass did. That's who Jackass ripped off was CKY. That's what it was. You were a skater boy. She said, "See you later, boy." I always remember the one video where they they pull up to the drive through and they 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 the, he he puts the straw in the cup and he goes fire and hold. He just chucks the giant coke right through the back to the drive through window and drives off. I'm surprised you weren't a Jackass fan. I guess it's I know, I guess I don't know why I'd already seen the CKY stuff. I guess maybe that's why I was kind of like oh I've already seen this. Every time I think of Jackass, though, because I, I did like Jackass back in the day, because it was very popular. That was going to drive me nuts. Remember, it was very was. popular early in my high school career. And I think of sophomore year, it, it, we had this. It was like the big project for one, one of our quarters, and I was sick the day that they assigned, like they handed out the assignment. It was a group project, and like you did it with a partner. And my partner, it was something about like ethics and morality, but it was supposed to be focused on the jazz age, and. He, I asked, like, what is there a time period here? And he was like, no, it's just whenever. So I did, like, on Modern Society, and I was bringing up, like, Britney Spears and, and Jackass. And, like, during the middle of the speech, I saw, like, people laughing and, like, the teachers in the back with, like, the biggest, like, angry face. And, like, he like, makes a stay after, and he's like, what the hell was that? He's like, he's like, you're supposed to be doing the jazz. I was like, I didn't know. I wasn't here for the assignment. And he just totally tanked the grave. Like, it was one of those, like, right through the middle. I was like, I don't know exactly what's happening here, but I know I'm in big, big trouble. And uh, Jackass, you know. Was- I can't remember what they were called. I want to say they were, it was, they, it stood for, like, they called him Dad, and it stood for something else, whatever. But T, uh, TJ's told a story about when he was in uh, high school, him and his friends, like, Record did their own jackass videos. And I like, had friends and sold the DVD and sold them yeah. like it, like it, like uh, I guess at Saint X or whatever. I watched Dan's little brother and his friends did one. I watched. It was pretty I funny, know. but it was, yeah, one of them broke their nose hitting the other with a parking cone with out of a car. <laughs> <laughs> really highbrow stuff. Yeah. 
Texas Trevor, half you, of that word's right, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Trevor, YouTube Anne Hathaway college humor and click the video. Why do people hate Anne, Anne Hathaway and enjoy? There you go. It's a recommendation. I can't win one other Anne Hathaway movie. I can't think of another movie she's in for some reason. Texas Trevor, there was no way that Jackass copied or was a knockoff of Tosh.0. Jackass came out nine years before Tosh.0. No, no. I, I said Jackass ripped off uh, CKY in the way Tosh.0 uh, was ripped off by uh, Ridiculous. Ridiculousness, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so MTV, that's what MTV does. They basically takes, they rip stuff off, you know, from the underground and try to claim it as their own. Texas, the guy was complaining about you talking about the movie. He says, Charlie, Trevor, I had to grab a Snickers. I mostly like when you're not on vacation, but please don't ever call me a DePaul fan again. <laughs> Go Cards. Wow, I think I also called you Ian Hathaway too, buddy. <laughs> Texas says, Kenny Payne at his next press conference, don't ever, for any reason, do anything to anyone for any reason ever, no matter what, no matter where. Or who, or who you are with, or where you are going, or where you've been, ever for any reason whatsoever. It's the, the Michael. That's Scott. actually really, okay. I was, it's, I thought, the, it's the quote he does. I thought that was actually Kenny Payne like doing like that. I could see Kenny Payne saying that. No, he's being asked why his branch is is thriving and all the other branches are hem- hemorrhaging money, and uh, that was his. Is that the one where he asks for like pasta and he starts eating like, <laughs> like, like yeah. chicken alfredo in the office yeah. or something? <laughs> I do remember that one. Texas, I don't think that Steve Carell, a.k.a. Michael Scott, is working right now. Maybe we can give him a call. I would take him over KP. I would take, yeah, I would take Steve Carell over KP. Texas, where do you think the chances are of Jawar coming back next year? I think they're they're decent. But I, I have seen, I guess, he's there's a good chance he's not going to play in the ballgame, though, from injuries, right? Is that is that out there now? Um, somebody tweeted him, and somebody else are both probably out for the bowl because of injuries. Okay. Um, it, it came out right during Ben the- Perry, I think, is the other one. Is I, I didn't know that that was out there. But yeah, there's a there's a very real chance that he's not going to play in the bowl game. The fact that he's even considering it, though, I think is a pretty solid indication that he is genuinely considering coming back to Louisville. Um, yeah, Matt, Mc, uh, our boy McGavick, um, it was it should be Ben Perry, I think. George Jordan and yeah, Ben Perry, Ben Perry, yeah. you could call. Yeah. Uh, ben Perry would, you know, he's been dealing with some. They stuff. are both game time decisions because of injuries suffered in the ACC championship game. Texas, hey, Kenny Payne, what you going to do? What you going to do make our dreams come true? <laughs> Me in early summer of 2022. Oh, man. It's a good talk. Texas says, um, what about KP saying that he watches Shaka Smart and Marquette play because that's the style that we're trying to play? I heard that, and I was like, I mean, how? We're, then try to play that way. We, I mean, I can listen to Sublime because it's the music I want to play. But then, <laughs> it's the same I, thing. But, right? But it doesn't mean I sound like Sublime when I play it. Like, I listen to Pavarotti because that's the way that I want to sing. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. it says, Robinson didn't sign either. Our recruiting so far this year, or lack thereof, should be fireable in and of itself. We had some of the best atmospheres of football games this year, and the staff didn't bring one recruit to a game. That's, I mean, it's so true. It's unfor- We had Notre Dame. You knew it was going to be the, the, the biggest attendance in the history of that stadium. You knew it was going to be an electric event, yep. night game, all that good stuff. Yep. People storming the field. We had nobody there. Yep. Nobody. Well, nobody. You know, well football. Wise, yeah. and, and all the football players who were there were like blown away and had all this crazy stuff to say. And I think we got on the radar of some kids that you know we probably wouldn't have otherwise. And they're all like, I didn't know the fans were this good there. Like, I mean, I, I just I don't get it. I don't get it. Texas, the thing that annoyed me was Thrash never um, put his mouthpiece in and always looked like a cow tongue. That was everybody. Every <laughs> Jawar did it. Um, Mario Huggins-Bruce did it. I mean, that was the thing on the the long Huggins-Bruce touchdown against Virginia. He was like mouthpieces dangling around, and I was like, oh, my God, it's going to block his vision on that long pass. But it didn't. Thank God. Texas says, y'all are getting real robot sounding 
From the Scootator. No, I don't know why I did that. Hopefully, hopefully the only complaint I think we've seen from that. So Yeah, hopefully it was maybe, just, maybe the area you're in there, Scootator. Texas, have you ever uh, heard a coach in any sport at any level tell so many stories about all the people who tell them how great they do things? <laughs> I can't help think this is a lot like parents telling their kids how awesome their elementary school art projects are. I'm sure there are good examples, and luckily, though, we haven't had to deal with it until now. I mean, like you, you know, he was talking about how like everybody in he said everybody in his phone book called him after they beat Western Kentucky last year. I'm like, well, first of all, it's kind of sad. It's like a pity. Like <laughs> we were 0 9. Second of all, I'm not sure that that was true, but you know, I, yeah. Texas uh, Levis is the next coming of Joe Willie Namath, except he doesn't have the skill or the style or the class or the looks or the flair. Build this guy a statue. Else down, of course. UK sucks. So what does he just say? He wears like pantyhose, though. I don't know. <laughs> Texas, yesterday you mentioned Chris Jans as a candidate. Here is one reason why you can't hire him. Also, Eric Musselman's multiple DUIs are in the same vein of Chris Beard, where he's a ticking time bomb waiting to explode. I agreed with the second part about Musselman, but not necessarily because of the DUIs. But there is a video, I guess, a story of video of, of Chris Jans slapping a woman's butt in public. And he got what? How he got fired at Bowling Green? Did he really get fired for that? I mean, I haven't seen the video, so yeah. I don't know the extent of it. But And there are also some stuff that happened at New Mexico. I think he's a hell of a coach. I don't know if you can hire him because of... I mean, at this point in age, aren't we... Can you find a coach without some kind of red flag on their on their resume? I mean, on their resume... No, I mean, <laughs> you I, can. I guess off the court resume. I mean, everybody that, I guess. You can. I mean, I think there's a lot of people have... Most people in college coaching have some skeletons in their closet. Just some of them aren't known. Um, but Jans would be. It's been a while, but he's at a place where they don't. They're not going to care about that at Mississippi State. I just, I just have fun. I mean, I would say majority of the coaches have something of story of, of negativity off the court on the on their record somewhere. I don't think that's true. Now Texas, the degree of how bad it is is the argument. Maybe Texas says, "Saved by the Bell." There's no hope with dope. Yeah, dumb, <laughs> stupid. <laughs> Texas, did you know that JMU's first basketball coach, his name was Samuel Duke, and that's why they are the Duke Dogs? I did not know that. I didn't know that either. Texas, this story is just unbelievable. Anybody who wants Payne to remain the coach is not only rooting for the worst interests of the school, but for general depression among the populace of the city and a dead downtown. They're enemies of the people. I mean, that story, that, 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 was, that, that was my it. That's it. I'm it's done. a bad look. That is horrible. I mean, even... even and I guess he'd say, well, I said it in 2015, I was working for UK. Yeah, I don't care if you were working for UK then. You still shouldn't have said it. Hell, not only shouldn't you have said it, you shouldn't have done it. No. One of the things that, I, that, that has really rubbed me the wrong way, and I know I'm not saying this for the first time, but him continually bringing up the fact that he had to be convinced to take this job. Where he's like, I, didn't, I wasn't sure if I wanted to do it. And then you know, Purvis got on the horn, and you know, Damian Lee was telling me you got to take it. I'm like, this is Louisville. Like, you're a former player who won a national title here. You've seen the program fall in hard times. You should have been salivating at the opportunity to come out and, and take Louisville back to prominence. And if you weren't going to, there were hundreds of coaches out there that would kill to coach at Louisville. And, and just continually throwing that in our face, I, I think, has been really, really just annoying, to put it lightly. Texas, I would like I'm to see— I'm just pissed we could have had Rex Chapman, maybe. We could have had Rex. When you mentioned good, we, 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 we would have— he wouldn't have dunked all over us fifty times in one game. I mean, it's one thing. I mean, I'm still, I'm still mad. I'm still mad at Allen a little bit, but I mean, now, now I'm even more pissed at Kenny. We, I mean, now, we lost Rex and Allen in that same span. 
Texas, I would like to see Kenny let go after the UK game. Give the reins to Nolan to start the new year versus ACC play. Nolan gets recruits, can relate better to these young kids, and should be able to take what he learned from Coach K and adapt it and make it his own. I don't know about that. We fire him before the UK game. He'll probably spend his time on their bench. I the only because you know the new buzz that's out there is that like he's definitely going to get a full year. I don't know where that's coming from or if it's one hundred percent true. I I, th- I think it's probably true. I like, I think the the li- if you're asking me to be a, a betting person, I, I think the likelihood of him finishing this season as U of head coach is more likely than him getting fired middle of the season. I think one way that that doesn't happen is he loses these next two games. If you lose to Arkansas State and Pepperdine, then it, you know. What are we doing here? Like, like there's no, there's no downside in, in firing before UK and letting the fan base get excited about supporting the players at least. I like to hope the decisions made that his his tenure is up at the end of the season because if you beat Arkansas State and Pepperdine, is it really should it really be the wins that change your mind and make you think maybe we should keep this guy one more year? Well, no, but I think okay. it's keeping him through the rest of the season uh-huh. is is the question at hand. Your boy says Sarah texted in and said two hundred K for eighteen weeks is what practice players make. I mean, you. I think that I, I stand by my point. I think that the Jawar Jordan would get paid more. But you also can only be on the practice squad twice. There's a limit per amount of times you're on a practice squad. I know that because of uh, Fonzo Smith. He spent two. Years, he did two practice squad tours. Texas says, "Great article today, Mike. Thank you. Uh, we know that Trevor would stretch his morals for Chris Beard. Nothing about that is surprising. Also, no. great article. Today. Thank you. Appreciate. It. Hey, you take another. Let's see how your morals feel through this year with Kenny Payne again, after nine wins in two seasons." <laughs> <laughs> Texas says TK by yourself doing stuff online. Yeah, Trevor, we all know what that means. We were all 13 once and maybe now 32. Also, if you have an entire coaching staff not fulfilling their coaching duties, like I don't know, recruiting, can you not fire them for cause? Second, also, if Tyler's going to be 25 next year, he could be hooking up with a freshman and legitimately be seven years older than them. I mean, he could legitimately be like, charged with statutory, wouldn't he? Like, you could be 17 in college, right? Well, if you, yeah, if you're a 17 year old, then yeah, but. Hey, I'm, I'm, I, trust me, Tyler, dude. I was 24 when I went to Western, and I mean, I'll never forget. I mean, the, the, the woman at Western told me I had to live in the dorm. I'm like, what kind of charges are you trying to get on me, lady? Tyler Shook and Trevor Kelsey, I was like, so much in common. I was like, I was like, I'm not, I'm not, go, I'm not going. You can't put me in a dorm. I was like, what? No. They're like, well, do you have a kid? I'm like, I might if you put me in a dorm. Texas already gotta go fast right. here. Been Googling the worst college basketball coaches in history in the top ten is uh, mixed, <laughs> mixed success with heavy infraction failed tenures. Is there any doubt that Kenny will top that list when we look back in ten years? I texted last season. I believe that he was a saboteur. At least if that comes out, I could think, damn, well, he really did a good, did a good job really well. Right now I can only point out that, damn, you're the worst at your job that the world has ever seen. I mean, we after the, after the Wesleyan loss this year, I think it was Kevin Sweeney of Sports Illustrated who was like, you know, barring – off the court stuff like Dave Bliss at Baylor and, and you know some of the other like people who've gotten penalized like the texture says yeah like is Kenny Payne the worst major coaching hire just from like a wins and losses X's and O's on court perspective and the evidence has mounted since that that statement was made I mean I think it's still too early to, to look at it but it's not been it's not been good I mean I don't know how I mean when you think worse I mean I don't Matt Doherty's UNC comes to mind but even that he was like John Wooden compared to this yeah I mean. I mean, I think it's funny. People always like, who's worse, Cragthorpe or Payne? I'm like, Cragthorpe won 500. Yeah. Cragthorpe won more games in, his, in two of his three football seasons than Payne won in his first basketball season. Texas, I would out, uh, I would out ever dollar to my name, my house, my car that we. I would bet. I'm assuming this is what this means. Yeah. Every dollar to my name that we won't finish 500. 
I, I kind of agree with that texture. I don't think I would. Yeah, there's no doubt in my mind we've been below 500. This is, do we know what the buyout is? Eight million as of right now. It'll go down by two mil on April first. I don't know if we wait that long. We'll see. Texas no press conference yet this week. So until tomorrow night's post game, here's our coaches. Did he really say that moment for the week? Reading the quotes from KP in the Herald Leader article, shaking my head. Uh, he will talk on Friday apparently. Yeah, good. Congratulations. They didn't rip them off, Jackass. They renamed it. It was mostly the same people. Huh, I don't remember. I don't remember that. Maybe it was. I could stand corrected on that. Says to answer Trevor's question, CKY Movies and Big Brother Magazine is what later turned into Jackass. The CKY Movies and Jackass are basically the same cast and producers. Also, I love the article from today. I relate to everything that was huh. written. Solid work. Oh, well, I stay. I mean, they might be right. I don't remember. Something, well, the only Jackass guy I know was the Johnny Knoxville guy. I don't think he was in CKY, but I might be wrong. That was, that was 25 years ago. I am not supposed to remember. Texas, my buddy Travis once made a jackass video where he wore a purple thong on purple thong only and got on the hood of our car, and we went through the automatic car wash. When the high-power water jets came on, we lost sight of Trav on the video, and the next thing you know, he was on the side of the car with cherry red ribs from the water jets. Yeah, that would hurt. I would yeah, that would be that. I, w- I would not sign up to do that. Yeah, neither would I. Whew, that's a lot. There's Yeah, I can't imagine the amount of money it would take to do something like that. Texas, who wins more games, Kenny Payne, over the last two years or a competent coach with a death penalty and no scholarship players? Uh, well, we've already had proof of that. The death penalty, no scholarship players has done better with Scott Drew. And, and, and not being able to play games in con- and out, of, out of conference. Both of, both of them. Both of them had – He did win five. Crean did. I thought he won six. Maybe six. I know it was more than four. It was more than four, yeah. I thought it was six. I could be wrong. You might be right. I had, I had to work the board for that year. and like, you saying I, that? All the games. It was like, I felt so bad. Tom Fisher, man. Like, I just wanted to give him a hug sometimes. It was bad. Uh, yeah, 6-25. and 25. Good Lord. The next year he won 10. We're not going to win 10 this year. We might win 10. Really? I said might. Yeah, well, you know, I'm... I'm, I'm never mind. Go on, next text. <laughs> Texture says... Um, the craziest part of the Hunter Biden case is that he got laid more uh, in ten day span than Trevor has in the past ten years. I, 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 I don't know anything about what he's talking about Hunter Biden case, but if I was Hunter Biden, of course he get, I, 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 of course he's getting laid more than me. Your dad's like a vice president. I'd hope so. Well, he's the president now. Well, yeah, he's the president now. I hope you're getting. I hope you're. Damn, Skippy, hope he's getting laid more than me. If he's not, it's sad. Texas, that means. What, what story happened, by the way? Something break? I don't know about. I think that I guess more news. I know he's he's facing the charges. I don't know. Okay. Texas, that means he told Rex Chapman to not play for Crum. He threw his own former coach under the bus. Jesus. A, yeah. I just I, I'm I, I, I'm you have no doubt much that aggravates me a little bit in thinking that. Texas freshman wide receiver Amon Ross St. Brown. His USC team faced freshman quarterback Tyler Shuck's Oregon team. Amon Ross St. Brown's about to enter his fourth year in the NFL. Shuck will still be in college. I thought Amon St. Brown went to Notre Dame. Or is that his brother? His brother went to Notre Dame. I mean, I know Amon Ra played at um at USC. Oh, I thought he went to Notre Dame. I'm, I'm could be confusing his brother, uh, Erroneous St. Brown or whatever. Erroneous? Isn't that his name? Erroneous? <laughs> erroneous! I can't imagine that it was Erroneous. Look it up! It's Erroneous! Is it really his name? Just Google Amon St. Brown brother and tell me it's not Erroneous. Equinemius. Close enough. Not, not even close. <laughs> erroneous! Erroneous St. Brown. <laughs> So he says, do you have a link to the story about KP and Rex? It's sent on the text line. Um, what was I think you can find it on Twitter. I think a couple people tweeted out on Twitter, too. Okay. Text, did, the te- did the texter say that Nolan is a good recruiter? Did they forget that our top recruit left before class started? And he almost left because of it, too. 
He denies it, but it's true. Why am I talking in rhyme? I don't know. <laughs> Texas says Kenny Payne, Manchurian candidate. That's the evidence is mounting. <laughs> I dismissed it as bad jokes for a while, but <laughs> Texas, we also used to take the carts from Eastwood Kroger and take them across the street to the old Biggs parking lot. We'd hold the carts with our hands while being in the car and get going at like 60 miles an hour and let go of them full speed in the curbs. They'd spark and go flying in the air. It was hilarious. Texer, uh, I, I like to, to be young. I like to pre- like you. I appreciate you so much. You're making me feel like I was so smart as a kid when I didn't think I ever was. <laughs> like I always thought I was like just just total moron as, as in my youth. No, I clearly was much smarter than I thought. Then again, I was also probably a lot higher in laser, so I mean that's probably why I didn't do that stuff. That's fine. Yeah, do we have Western Kentucky Hoops on here tonight? We do. 7 o'clock, you can watch it on ESPN+, Plus, or you can listen to it here at the Wright A. Nutter Center in Dayton, Ohio. Western Kentucky on the road, taking on Wright State. Wright State is a 5.5-point favorite, despite being 4-5. and five. The Hilltoppers are 7-3. and three. TK, who you got? Let's go Tops! I mean, is, that a, is that a prediction? Sure. I think the Tops win, win straight up. Straight up. Straight up now, Tim. We do the top's going to win this game. That's really, ooh, there's ooh, ooh. no good sports on tonight. Tennessee's playing an 0-9 team. Duke's playing Hofstra. Yeah, that might be okay. Game. You know what that means, don't you? What's that? Prepare for whatever movies I watch tomorrow because there's some good ones tonight. Enjoy that. Enjoy that tomorrow. <laughs> Tuesday night will be fantastic for you. Hopefully Wednesday will be as well. We'll see you guys back here tomorrow at 3 o'clock. Go Cards. Go Rex Chat. Oh, Yeah. Point one FM, the Big X Sports Radio, WXVW.